Greetings listeners, this is Ryan, the DM for Taverns and Caverns. Today's session is going to be a little bit different. We have some extra story content for you all. Just wanted to throw a quick warning out there that today's session may have a bit more mature content than others. Not so sure how that's going to work just yet due to the different players and the story. Just depends on how things go, but I just wanted to throw that warning out there beforehand. How side stories, how they're going to work is that they're all standalone stories that are happening within some time frame of the Taverns and Caverns storyline of our main campaign with Nomu and Cat and Co, I should say. <laughs> so first side story one is going to focus on characters that have yet to be introduced. I have actually new players. I do have one returning player from Taverns and Caverns, and that is Mr. Robert that plays Nomu. So we have three additional new players for this session. And again, this is going to be taking place probably about four years prior to the current Taverns and Caverns podcast story. So prior to Nomu and Co. meeting up, this is taking place four years prior to that. So I just want to go around the table really quick to introduce the players and have them introduce their characters. Give a quick description of your character, physical attributes and whatnot, what class they are. Again. With this being a side story standalone, everyone is starting at level 5 for today's session. So just keep that in mind. Alright, so our first player is up. Go ahead, Jake. So, hi, my name is Jake Life. Um, today I'm going to be running the Warforged Druid of the Spores, Casterway. Uh, Casterway is a character who comes from uh, some very humble beginnings, primarily being cast away as a creature that was caught in the act trying to do some roguish activities and was thrown away into some swamps. Uh, over that time period after he was made inert, uh, the swamps kind of grew into him, and now he's become an extension of them. So uh, I hope you enjoy this character. Cool. All right, next up. Well, hi, guys. My name is Peter. Um, I will be playing Bridaxia von Richter, and... Um, He's the uh, son of a. He's a, first off. He's an artificer, um, specifically a battlesmith. He's going to be playing um, as a son of a merchant. You know, he's really like he's been going around to different cities. Got picked up by a uh, dwarven master uh, because of his uh, smithy skills, and now he, after you know in training for so long, he's out to venture the world, try to find new things to build and make and create. So, yeah. Um, that's about it. Alright, cool. And before we move on to the next player, I just want everyone listening to know that for the Artificer, we are going off of the unearthed, uh, unearthed Arcana version of the Artificer for 5e. So it's still a play test um, class. However, I've allowed it for this session. Trust me. Peter, you might be in trouble. All right, so we'll go into the next player. I am Robert Jones, and I'll be playing the elf noble, uh, Lord Lagoneth Valpine. Uh, he has long golden hair that flows past his lower back, easily mistaken for a girl, because he has delicate features. Um, he's from a an elf nation called Estelle Duin, and he owes everything to his lord, Lord Butterfriend. Lord Butterfoot. 
who also kicked out Nobu, uh, Nomu in, from, his, from that elf city. <laughs> and he, he is an eldritch knight who likes to enchant his sword. He's very clean. All right. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. All right, next player. Hey, guys, my name is Anthony. I'm going to be playing Adagio Bass Jams. Adagio is Italian for uh, music sheet music for slow, so his name's Slow Jams. <laughs> um, he's a bar drow. Um, he's an, he comes from an entertaining background, and he's actually doesn't really have a place he calls home. He's he's roughly this like a similar to like a, a traveling music people, similar to what you'd call like a circus, something like that. He's a very entertaining person, um, quite a gambler, and uh, he does like to lighten the mood up any time or any chance he gets. Okay, and I hope you guys like him. Excited? Cool. All right, so again, uh, that's all the players for the side story. And I will actually be playing an NPC that accompanies the cast on this side story session. And I will be playing a female wizard, and her name is Avaris de Darkmoor. She is a half-elf, and she studies the school of necromancy. So you will see this NPC jumping in from time to time in this session. But with that... I want to go ahead and get started. All right, side story. Here we go. Episode one, Death's Embrace. So, we will be starting in what is known as the Federation of Dorwin. Dorwin is a nation that is comprised of several individual towns and cities within the northeastern portion of the continent, Tyrister. It is to the east of the nation of Londe, and for all of our listeners that have listened to the main story of Taverns and Caverns, our current cast is in Londe, which is to the west of the Ashmar Rise Mountains. But for today's side story, things will be taking place on the eastern side of Ashmar Mountains in the nation of Dorwin. Also, today we will have our characters participating in the story it will be within four years prior to the current cast of Taverns and Caverns meeting. So this is four years in the past. So there may be names spoken that you guys know of from the current podcast or whatnot. But we're going to go ahead and start in a town known as Wolfpine. In the town of Wolfpine, there lives a noble, a human noble, by the name of Sir Archibald de Darkmoor. Sir Archibald de Darkmoor is a man with exquisite tastes when it comes to treasures and artifacts of the ancient times of a tierister. Mr. or Sir Archibald has called in several travelers, mercenaries, and adventurers of any kind to willing, that, that are willing to delve into a nearby ruins known as the Bellowing Ruins in search of a particular piece of treasure. So that's where we're going to start today's session. We will be starting with everyone meeting at Sir Archibald's residence, his mansion. So we're going to go ahead and say that Mr. Robert Jones's character, uh, Lag Lagoneth, right? Lagoneth. Lagoneth of Valpine has already arrived. So let us go ahead and, and start this conversation as 
As Logonath arrives to the residence of the Dark Moors, he is greeted by a few guardsmen. They are wearing leather armor, and they have the house crest sigil on their chest, on their tabards. They welcome Sir Lagonith Valpine, and one of the guards steps forward. Welcome, sir. Are you here to have business with the Lord? Of course I do. Um, I'm here on business, and business only. And your name, sir? Lord Lagonith Valpine. Thank ah, you. Yes, it we, is your pleasure. We are expecting you. Please follow me. He walks off. He walks off, and you see two uh, serving boy and a serving girl behind him. As <laughs> good lord. As Lagonith is taken into the residence, it is a large mansion, and he is brought into the main lobby area. The guard stops, and he turns around and looks at Lagonith. Wait here, please. I will go and. Get Sir Archibald de Darkmoor. And the guard steps out. And it's probably about a couple minutes. And after a couple minutes come by or go by, Archibald steps forward. He's in golden red he's in golden robes laced with red bright red stripes all around. He steps into the lobby and he looks over at Lagoneth. Ah, Sir Lagoneth Valpine. It is a pleasure to meet you. I am Archibald de Darkmoor. So you have come with my request to search the ruins, is that correct? I have, and by the look of this place, you have exquisite taste. Well, thank you, my kind sir. I also have exquisite taste for the treasures of the ancient times of Tyrister. Are you much of a ruin or dungeon delver? Uh... Pretty dark and dirty place, but I have no problem going into one. Sir Lagoneth, what brings you to the town of Wolfpine? It's very rare we get other nobles traveling around these parts, such as yourself. <laughs> he doesn't go to fly. Lord Butterfriend has <laughs> sent me on errands to, I guess, vacation? Is, is that the word for it? So you're on vacation? Is that correct? Of course. Why not partake in a few activities on the side? Oh, well, yes. Well, hopefully, if you find what I'm looking for, there'll be an extra 8,000 gold in your pockets. And a good word from me to Sir Butterfriend. <coughs> Lord Butterfriend, correct me. I'm sorry. I like the sound of that. <coughs> All right, so as Lagonath is talking with Archibald, we want to go ahead and introduce another character that steps in. And we will go ahead and say that's Peter's character. Right. So as, uh, well, what was his name again? Grid, well, Gridaxia. Gridaxia. So the same pleasantries is given to Gridaxia, and he's brought into the lobby with the guards. However, as Gridaxia is stepping in, uh, Lord Volpon, I know you wanted to be in mid-conversation yeah. with Archibald. While, so while Gridaxia is stepping in, go ahead and make me a perception check, Grid, uh, Peter. Okay, so you hear what Lord Volpine is saying. So Archibald and Lord Volpine are both speaking to one another as Gridaxia steps in. And the gods show up. Can you believe that? And I say, I've paid for her, so she is my property for this night and this night alone. And she, I slapped her with a bag of gold. Can you believe she got mad? 
I told her, this is more gold than you'll ever see in your life, and I just slapped you with it. Sir Archibald just chuckles a bit, and then he looks over at Gradaxia. Ah, <laughs> oh, we have another guest. <laughs> this, this, this is a nice place you got here. Oh, no. Oh, who's this? And, sir, may I ask your name? Oh, my, I'm sorry. My name is Gradaxia Von Richter. So, Gradaxia Von what? Richter? Von Richter. Von Richter. And where do you come from? Well, I can't really say, but uh, let's just say I'm from the Verbador Mountains. Okay, from the mountains. Verbador Mountains. Up with the dwarves, then. Yes, with, with the dwarves. Yes, sir. You're not a dwarf yourself? What, no, what, no, sir. Were you born there? I was not. Um, I can't really say too much about that, but... um. <laughs> you good? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. My my dwarven master just wanted me to you know venture the the world here, and that's that's why I'm away. All I'll, right. I'll just leave it at that. All right, Gradoxia, Very well. And as you're introducing yourself, let's enter the next character. We will say it is Jake's character. Uh, kind of stumbling about decent walking speed is uh, a warforge but a warforge not made uh, of very much metal in fact almost predominantly made of really rooted out wood um, and uh, it kind of ducks a bit as it comes into the door and sees someone actually slightly taller than him in grid y yes uh, I came here for the ad you also know that a uh, grotesque. Sir Archibald uh, yes. looks down grotesque. at the Warforge, and he spots to see if the Warforge is dirty in any way, shape, or form. Uh, very much so. Archibald narrows his eyes a bit, and he kind of... <sighs> Warforged, you're dirtying my floors. I don't appreciate that. What is your name? You said it was... I am but a mere castaway. Uh, my apologies for uh, harming your well-manicured floors. I'm more used to the wilds. It sounds like it. Your ruins. I've wanted to venture over there more than a few times. Uh, now there's enough for me to go in and, well, maybe not be destroyed. <laughs> Archibald just... Nods his head. Well, I don't care what happens to you, as long as you find my damn treasure. Well, there's very few people who can find things quite as well as Castaway. Well, Castaway, I hope you know what you're doing. And the next time you step into my residence, <laughs> wipe your feet Business clean. given. Oh, then I won't venture into your residence. <laughs> if you like, I will leave. I'll wait for everyone else, but... I'll be out front. You've got a wonderful pair of morels that are growing. No, no. You're already here. I'll just have my servants clean what you've made. Just stay. Don't let them touch me. That might be harmful to them. <laughs> you see Gridaxius is intently staring at you. You're a tall one. Few of the humans get quite as big as you. 
I'd like to take you apart. <laughs> I would prefer you not. Hello? I've been taken apart once before, and it took several years for me to be put back together. It's boring down there. I think I could be a little faster than that. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll venture that once I get the interest to do so. Oh, you're pretty. Uh, you're like a flower. But a man, right? Of course I'm a man. Oh. Well, good for you. Did you hear that, Franklin? Oh, such that clear boy's man. You have a turtle! Oh, is it a warforge like me? I don't no. like how metal it is. I can get you a real turtle. I don't know of any of them named Franklin, though. No, no, Frank's a, li Frank's a little special, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this one. Okay. You're cute. Oh, no. So as you guys are speaking to one another, the guard pulls in the last possible hire for the job. Comes in Anthony's character. Get your hands off me! Guard looks at... What's his name again? I'm sorry. Adagio. Adagio. The guard looks at Adagio. Sir! Calm down. I am only bringing you to my lord's lobby. Well, let me walk at my own pace then. You are walking too slow and staring around too frequently. We don't trust... Outsiders. You're here to do a job, and that's it. No exploring the mansion. Why the hell do you have an ad in the paper if you don't want people walking in here? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> anyway. The guard pulls him in the lobby, and Archibald looks your way. I'm sorry, I did not catch your name. What is your name? My name is Adagio Jams. You can call me Bass. Mr. Bass. I see. Welcome. To my lovely mansion. It is very lovely, but apparently I'm not allowed to look around. You are not. What a shame. It's a beautiful place, though. Look at you. Ah. He just get. He just kind of <laughs> lifts. Uh, Lagona just puts out a hand, and a small boy takes it and starts rubbing his nails. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> So what you see in front of you is basically a roughly five foot nine, five foot ten, very slender, dark, dark skinned drow. And he's got silver hair, silver eyes, and he's very, very handsome. He has an assortment of what looks like a circus on his back, full of instruments, things of others, first aid, all kinds of things. You can imagine he's been around the block a few times and knows a little bit about everything. Are you a traveling singer? No. Singers? No. I'm a musician. It's different. You have no stories to tell, then. Oh, I have plenty of stories to tell. I am also a storyteller. Don't get that messed up. Logonis is kind of just, just shakes his head and minds his own business as he's being fed grapes. Fun crowd you guys have here. Archibald's... Hello. Hey. Uh, Archibald looks down at everyone. He is a few steps. He's on some. He's on a staircase while he's talking to you all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's looking down at you all. And he, he begins to walk down towards you guys. So, this is all the help that I'll be getting for this mission. As you all know, I have placed an ad out for mercenaries, venturers like yourselves, in order to seek for specific treasure in the northern ruins 
Have you all heard of the bellowing ruins here in Dorwin? I have. Have you ever been there? No, I'm not dumb. How about you three? Have you ever been to the bellowing ruins? Of course Do you know I anything have. about it? I've only heard of it. Never been there, though. I've I only been in this town for about five days now. What's, what's the bellowing ruins? Oh, you have an interesting accent. Where are you from? That's none of your business, man. Huh? Ah, from there. Anyways, so now that we've all kind of met one another, I want to go over the specifics of this request. For those that don't know, the Bellowing Ruins, they are ancient ruins that have been here in Dorwin for quite some time. They go back to ancient times of Tyrister. Not very many people travel to these ruins as they are extremely dangerous. Y'all have heard of the Adventurers Guild, I'm assuming. Know about them, what they do. Know all about them. So, I am a collector of sorts. I love to collect ancient relics, artifacts, treasures of the old times. My sources have provided me with information that there is an amulet deep within the ruins. I want this amulet, and I want it untouched. There are other treasures I'm assuming this, these ruins will hold, but none as important and none as wondrous as this so-called amulet. Now, I am willing to pay all of you a very hefty amount of gold to retrieve this amulet for me. Bases ears perk up. I see that you like the sound of gold, Sir Base. Nothing better than it clanking together in my pocket. Well, how does 8,000 gold your way sound? Sounds like you got a man for the job. I can buy a lot of stuff with that. He plucks his Can ear. I just see your things? Your antique? I'm a collector, too. Oh, yes? What kind? Well, he pulls up all of his weapons and different mail and armor. Well, this is what I've made so far from what I've seen. And I'm pretty sure I can make anything that I can see. Oh, you're a handyman, huh? So, Archibald steps down. Interesting. Let me take a look at that. He looks down at what you're showing him. So what, what exactly are you showing, Archibald? Like, things you've created as an the, artificer? Yes. So the, what kind of things do you the, have here? There's a weird... His first item he actually made was a bag of holding, and it's the... A decent bag. <laughs> a very decent All right. Bag. And what else do you have? Is that and it? And then his boots. Okay. Um, Archibald is going to go ahead and make a roll here. Okay. So he doesn't know exactly what the bag is. He, it just looks like a le normal leather bag to him. This is just a normal leather bag. What's so special about this? Oh, you're talented. He starts to slowly dump the bag upside down, like, different, like, drop out. Okay. Oh, I've seen one of these uh, before. Archibald. That's pretty well done. He kind of gives you a little smile. Ah, oh, it's a bag of holding. Forgive me, I wasn't aware that's what it was. It's so poorly crafted. I am a man of great taste, and everything you have shown me here is nothing I would collect. But, 
You are a collector of junk. Understood. Damn. I like your junk. Hold on. In your tongue, that's weird. Mm. No offense, Sir Gradoxia, but my tastes are just of a much more rich taste to it. He doesn't want your trash, is what he's trying to say. He's saying he just wants fancy gold trimming. That's what I'm hearing. Anyways. Just remember, one of these days, this place will be trash too. <laughs> Damn. Archibald looks... You seem like you're rotting. Are you okay? Oh, I'm Castaways, way. Just living. Just a decision. Warforge. Type, huh? oh, I, got you. I would hold your tongue. Oh, I don't have one to hold. I will hold your mouth shut. I sound the same, but okay. How about you just stop talking? <laughs> oh, one of those. Sorry. Uh, so. It's been a while. The deal is this. You go into these bellowing ruins and you search for this amulet. Any amulets you find, you bring to me. I am a generous man. I know how dangerous these ruins can be. Not very many people return from these ruins, just so you know. They're called the bellowing ruins for a reason. Now, any treasure you find that is not the amulets, you bring to me. I will look over them, and I will most likely not care much for them. So whatever treasure you find most likely will be yours to keep amongst yourselves, along with the 8,000 gold per person that I will provide you. However, the amulets or amulet that you find is mine. Again, whatever treasures you find, I will go over it. Whatever I don't want, they are yours. And I'm very picky when it comes to my treasure. So, 8,000 gold per person. And whatever treasure you find, most likely will be in your hands. Now, there is another thing I must tell you. You see, the Bellowing Ruins, the Adventurer's Guild has previously sent several parties there. Many of the townsfolk here in Wolf Pine have gone missing. Some say that people have been dragged off to the Bellowing Ruins and have never returned. That's a quite the possibility. There could be bandits. There could be monsters, creatures living in the ruins. They're ancient. Who knows what those ruins may hold. But if you do come across people, townsfolk from Wolf Pine, or even other nearby towns, if they happen to be there, Release them. Free them. People are complaining here in Wolf Pine. And I, being one of nobility, it is my duty to serve and give these lowborns something to appreciate. So, it's like killing two birds with one stone. Do you get what I'm saying? You have such a kind heart for the peasants. It's not Sir Lagoneth... Please don't think I have a kind heart. I could care less about the townsfolk or the commoners. However, if the goals align and you find my treasure and you're able to free these people or find these people if they're still alive, God's, God's forbid, then I will not only gain the recognition, but I will also gain the support 
from the family members of the lost ones. You see where I'm coming from. However, if it's out of your way, I don't expect any of you to do that. Politician. I remember words like that. <clears throat> Gross. Well, if it's in our reach, I guess I'll free them. Put it this way. The Adventurer's Guild have sent several parties there. None of the parties have returned. It has been weeks since the Adventurer's Guild has sent anyone to the Bellowing Ruins. I'm assuming they've halted sending any of their members to the ruins for the loss of the prior party members. How do you know they didn't just take everything in balance? You're going to find out for me. 8,000 gold light for that. <laughs> ah. Well, the deal is you find my amulet and you get the 8,000 gold, so... You come back empty-handed, well... I don't know what to tell you. It's a very easy job as far as what you need to do. It sounds easy enough. Lord Butterfriend has taught me all I need to know in the arts of self-defense. So arts, huh? we should be fine. Well, True. I checked his credit report and he pays up. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> and one more thing, gentlemen. I'll be having someone accompany you to make sure that you do not run away with my amulet, or you do not act a fool. Now, Sir Lagonath Valpine here, you work under Lord Butterfin. Oh, of course. I have contacts, and I'm a very high noble here in Wolfpine. I'm sure a man such as yourself wouldn't go back on the word of another noble's name, would you? Never. Lord Butterfin has taught me well. Good. So not only will you be watching these other three, I will have my daughter accompany you as well. She will be watching your backs, and she will be making sure that the treasure you gain is evenly distributed amongst you, and that none of you steal what is rightfully mine. Understood? Ah, oh, wouldn't think of it. Understood. And Sir Lagonath, your servant boy and girl there, what? You're not bringing them with you to the ruins, are you? He looks around. Oh, them. Uh, whatever their names were, I... I guess I don't need them with me. You've served your purpose, right? The boy and the girl look up at Sir Lagoneth, and they're... They don't really speak. They seem as if they're not very talkative, but they seem... Oh, no, they're not talkative. They, they seem very, very confused and not knowing what to do. Hmm. He rubs his chin. Do you mind if I leave these two here until I come back? Archibald looks over them. Yes, yes, as long as they're not causing havoc. They won't be staying in my mansion, though. I'll have them be watched over in the town. You hear that? You'll be watched over. Now, skedaddle. Archibald calls for one of his guards. Guard! Take these two servants away until... Sir Lagonath returns. You see the guard takes the two servants, and he takes them out. And as he takes them out, the... <laughs> it's messed up, man. <laughs> as, the little, as the little boy walks by, uh, uh, Castaway is just going to kind of lean over. Share this with you and your sister. Might as well have something nice while you're away. The, the boy looks at the whatever you gave him. What is uh, he, it? he gives him like a small colony of uh, 
mushrooms that kind of grow off of a portion of him. Basically, it gave him like enough to make a mushroom stew. He would okay. look dead at Lord Lagonis. My lord, put that filthy thing away and get where you're going. Don't hand my kids things. Oh, they're yours. No. Oh, wait. But I own them. Oh, you're one of those. Understood. That'll be enough that you can eat, or you can throw it away. All is very much within the order. You're still here. <laughs> He's looking at the two, the two children. <laughs> the guard takes them away. <laughs> Sir Archibald rubs his hands together. All right, gentlemen. We have a deal. Do you know what, what everything that needs to be done? Do we have an understanding? Yes. Understood. All right, very well. He holds his uh, hand up and he looks over his shoulder. Daughter, come. And you see a half-elf woman with white hair, green eyes, steps out. She's in dark robes and she has a staff uh, in her hand. And she steps out, all dark, dark robes. You basically described <laughs> yeah, no, she's not a drow. She's half elf, uh, light, lighter skin, white hair. Uh, she steps out. She's you see, she has a serious look to her or expression on her face. She doesn't really seem like a very talkative one. She looks at the four of you, and then Archibald looks her way. Averis, you are to accompany them to the bellowing ruins. Make sure that they do not run off with any of my treasures. I have promised them eight thousand gold each. If they are to find my amulet, we've spoke about it. You know what I'm looking for. The rest of the treasure they may have amongst themselves after you've inspected it. You know what kind of treasure I like. So, if it's something I want, you take it. Agreed, or, or I should say, understood. And you see his daughter Avaris. She just nods yes, and she, she looks like she's about 25 years old, fairly young half elf. And she looks your way. Very well. Are you all ready to go now? Or do you prefer to rest for the rest of the day? Mm. Franklin and I are ready. I'm ready. Let's get this show on the road. I can go at any time. Very well. So Archibald looks over. And gentlemen, good luck to you. Also, Sir Lagoneth, I'd hate to say it. If you do, for some reason, happen to pass away on this mission, what should you have me do with your servants? Uh, send them. Bury them with me. What? Bury them with me. No. <laughs> send them back to Aaron Shara, to Lord Butterfriend. He would know what to do with them. Very well. Off with you then. I have business to attend to. And Sir Archibald begins to walk away. And as he walks away... They would bury their servants with them if they passed away. Dirty as hell. That's fucked up. Even if they're alive. That's messed up. He'll want them in his grave. Avaris, I'm sorry, Avaris looks your way. She goes, well, if you're ready, let's go. I don't have time to waste. I'd rather get this done quickly. As we're getting ready to leave... Cast her away. So I assume he was sitting on like a wooden chair of sorts, right? Yeah. 
So he just kind of, when he places his hand on it, he just kind of mumbles something a little bit in a language I don't think anybody knows. And uh, he leaves a little something on the chair for, for them in the future. For who? The... Uh, for Lord Archibald and oh, okay, the rest okay. of all of them. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Basically, he put a little black mold on the bottom of it, and it'll start to grow over time. I can do a slide. Yes, do a slide hand for me. So I got a 12 plus 1, so I got a 13. Okay. All right. All right, so Averis doesn't notice you do that. Mm-hmm. So, so she's walking out with you, and you're accompanied by one of the guards as well. As you're walking, she has a very strict tone to her voice. She looks at base. You, what can you do? Anything. <laughs> Be a, bit, a little bit more elaborate. I'm going into a dungeon with possible creatures that can kill us. I want to know what my team members can do. Okay. He reaches into his circus-like backpack, pulls out a rapier. Okay. I do know how to use this, and I have put down many on top of it. Now, I am a very blessed musician, which allows me to speak spoken words. I can do a lot of things and make you better at what you do. Very good. And what about you? Oh, you must be me. Um, As you know, my blade is well known in Estendul. Estendul? Yes. (laughs) My blade is well known, so is my magic. I hear that your name is Sir Lagoneth Valpine. Lord Lagoneth Valpine, if you would. Lord? Are you really a lord? You oh. serve another lord known as Butterfern, am, am I right? The High Lord, Lord Butterfern. A great man in all respects. Hmm. So you're his lapdog. Damn. Well, why not? <laughs> He's taught us everything. Oh, I hope he's taught you enough to survive these ruins. And what about you? What can you do? Me? Well, I, I can make your weapons better. I can make your, your armor better. Also, I got a little Franklin here that will protect you. And uh, I can shoot a little thing or two. She looks down. So, describe Franklin really quick. What, what, what exactly is Franklin? So Franklin is uh, Grid's little iron defender. Okay. That being... Um, He's a little turtle. Okay. Um, he's made out of nuts and bolts. Oh. Um, he created a... Grid created him at a very young age where he needed a friend. And um, okay. Franklin's going to always be by his side. So the Iron Defender is a, a particularly a thing that artificers get. Yes. Okay. Over time, as they enhance their skills, they make their Iron Defender a little stronger, a little better, a little faster. All okay. The, all cool. the above. Gotcha. Okay. So she looks down at the Iron Defender. You named this thing Franklin? Yeah, his full name's Franklin Narderbolts. It's a good name. It is a good name. I like it. What a queer name. She looks over at the Warforged. And what about you, Uh, Warforged? What can you do? Well, I didn't get so formally introduced. I'm Caster. You can just call me Caster. (laughs) Got it. 
appreciate you. You've been nice. You, well, um, what an interesting fellow. So, Better what than do that I being do? Interesting. You know, once upon a time, I was very adept at being able to sneak into places that had rich people just like you, and I would put them to sleep with stuff that I got from people like him, except that they wouldn't wake up again. Is that a threat, Warford? Wait a second. No, that was what I did. I was a roguish-type Warforged, built originally to be a poisoner. And you see he kind of moves his arm that has been rolled with these shelf-like fungus that have built over top of the wood. There's some metal that's in there, and as the wood kind of cracks a bit, you see a, a little bit of air escape, and these vials come out of the tops of his forearm. I'm a poisoner. Oh, dreadful. Don't I used touch to me. Uh, these haven't been as useful anymore. And they recede back into his arm. Now I've decided to become one with the way of the life. As a warforce, that's weird for many, I guess, but, well, something just ruined me. <laughs> now I can speak to get the it? creatures in the Lego, water. You get it? Uh, I can take Just you to fresh water, I can promise Just you that, no matter where we're at. I'll find good, healthy food for all of us, and I can trap any type of animal, as you can see. And you, you see at this point, he kind of pulls the little bit of something that's held his backpack together, and these rack of uh, elk antlers kind of fold out. I tend to fold these up when going into small homes. And you see he's got this large rack the meat's still kind of attached to the back of it a little bit, it's dried out, but... <laughs> um, anything that you would like for me to introduce to the circle of life, I'm happy to do it for you. I would prefer it that you don't. <laughs> oh, Franklin, let's step back a little away from you, I guess, a little bit. Oh, but I like Franklin. He reminds me of my friends in the swamp. So what do you mean you said that people like me like drows or... Yeah, I have some drow poison on me right now. Would you like to see it? Yeah, Don't smell it. It'll put you to sleep. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah, Never... your people are quite adept at killing people. Uh, at a time, that was important to me, too. Now, I would rather just take more of a natural step. The queer company I keep. Ah, sacrifices must be made. I mean, 8,000 gold is all I need for motivation on this one. I'll keep hey, you alive, so too. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm a healer. Very well. <laughs> you see, uh, Avaris looks at all four of you after you kind of explain what all you can kind of do. Well, we're here to retrieve the amulet. I don't care about anything else. I don't care if we find the townsfolk. I don't care if we find bandits. Whatever's in our way, we kill it. We retrieve the amulet. Got it? Understood. I'm not your friend. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here for the treasure and the treasure alone. Trust me, I did not make that mistake walking in here. <laughs> I was hoping to make a friend or two, but that's okay. You don't look like that big of a friend to me. No, we're not friends, Warforge. Oh. Well, I can introduce you to a friend. <laughs> Go outside. Well, we're outside. Right? Yeah, you're outside now. You can meet Colt. Oh, find the fresh air. A Colt. Yeah, cold like four a, and five. Is that the drink? <laughs> I've heard they well, make that before. No. That's my horse. 
Oh, you have a horse. I want to try this drink. Colt 45, huh? Oh, y'all want a drink? Is your horse well-bred? Does your horse zigzag? <laughs> no, he's just a regular old horse. What? Oh. what in the hell? I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a song by an old bard that led me a different way. What was his name? Uh, you know what? Pretty happy that I don't remember that one. It wasn't you. Oh. But you, Laguna, right? You said you all want a drink? I prefer if you speak speak at me at my lord, but yes, Lagonith. He griffles out a jug. Very well decorated. It's filled with some strong ass liquor. Pours. Mm, fermentation. Takes a sniff. Oh. That looks like it'll drop my age back a couple years. A couple hundred. It, it, it'll put some hairs on your chest. Make you look a little more manly. I am manly. What you humans consume is beyond me. Now <laughs> my chest will only get shaved again. Mm. You're one of He's... those. <laughs> Would you have like wool on your chest or something? I will not drink that. Only the finest wines into this body. Let me see that. I take it. <laughs> I might okay. use some of that poison. <laughs> I All right, let's just use this <clears throat> as a healing agent. I'm just gonna keep that. All right, anyways, back to business. Are you all equipped? Are you prepared for this journey to the ruins? It'll probably take us a couple days to reach there. Very well equipped. And while you all sleep, I can keep trudging forward if that will help. My kind doesn't need rest. Very well. I don't need much either. How many days it takes? A couple days to get there. Okay. Each day I have my unseen servant doing things for me, like gathering food. Mm. Well, the food it gathers for you hopefully will be good. I can at least make sure it won't kill you. If it comes near me, you will warn me, servant. Don't let him come near me. <laughs> You talking to me? I'm talking to my unseen servant. Who's unseen? <laughs> That's why I'm confused. <laughs> Alright. I always imagine them as like little floating hands with the gloves on, right? right. Like the butler gloves. Oh, like, like oh, from yeah. like oh. Fantasia. Alright, so Avaris is going to double check. So you all have your equipment. We're ready. Yes. Yeah, we're ready. Very well. Then let us head north to the Bellowing Ruins. So, as you guys travel northwards to the Bellowing Ruins, she kind of, or Averis kind of goes over the potential dangers of these ruins. She has actually has had much experience with delving through dungeons and ruins of this kind before. As she kind of goes over her skills and what she can do, and her experiences within the dungeons, you get this feeling that she is more of like a fetcher of sorts for her father. She seems to be like the, the go-to person he sends out whenever he wants treasure. She's like a treasure hunter of some sort. Uh, again, you don't really get much expressions from her. She's not very talkative. Whenever she speaks, it's very like down to business. It's very strict and... She doesn't really go into details about her personal life. But she seems to be very knowledgeable on dungeons itself. 
So as you guys are traveling to the Bellowing Ruins, you guys are passing through, you know, some fairly common plains. Um, nothing too wild or adventurous, really, as far as the type of terrain you're venturing into. The, the Bellowing Ruins are along the northern coast of Dorwin, or I should say northeastern coast of Dorwin, very close to the ocean. Mm -hmm. And these ruins, again, they're ancient. And you can see them once you get probably about an hour or so away from the ruins. You can see them in the distance. All stone with vine, or like vineyard, or vines growing all around the stone. But no one comes your way as you're traveling. You don't come across any other merchants or travelers. People tend to stay away from these ruins. So as you guys grow closer, we'll just, we'll just do like a time or a fast travel mm -hmm. deal here. You guys are about 30 minutes away from the ruins. And at this time, you all have been provided horses if you did not already have one for the travel. Mm. So, and they're all from Sir Archibald uh, Darkmoor. I, I have my own horse. Yeah, you're okay. So as you guys are about 30 minutes away, Averis looks to the side. So, are we ready for this? Don't know what to expect. I'd like to say, once we're in the ruins, we need to have some sort of formation of some sort. I would say, Sir Lagoneth, you're probably one of the better ones here that would be better off in the front lines along with the Warforge. Oh, I will not be going near that thing. I can lead. It's okay. You will lead. Ah, thanks. I've been this close before, so... I'm at least that much knowledgeable about this place. Good. Then you can be the lead. Ah, it's so beautiful. Look how nature has reclaimed it. It is very nice today. As oh, you guys I was talking about the ruins. Yeah, so as you guys reach the ruins, it's about midday, so you can see everything, you know, around you. There's there's not much hidden things other than the ruins and I mean there's some tower or towers. There's some pillars that have been broken apart. Um, several stone buildings that have fallen apart at some um, at some time. However, as you enter these ruins, it, it's pretty massive. It's a pretty large area. You can't, you're not going to be able to search the entire ruined area in one day. It's, it's pretty massive. But as you guys reach the entrance of these ruins, again, it's about midday, so it's, the sun's out. Uh, you don't spot, at least not right away, anything of danger. So... At this point, let's go ahead and do perception checks. Yeah. Can I just use my passive perception? Yeah. You... Well, 18. And 17. 18. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Nine. So if you got 15 or higher, um, you're looking around. So if you don't, if you got lower than 15, you don't see anything really out of the ordinary. If you got higher than a 15. You do see some, I should say, some torn, I guess it uh, might have been a survival check, but I'll allow the perception, that's whatever. Yeah, do, 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 yeah, do, do survival check. check. I, I should say survival, not perception. I got a 23. Okay. 15. 11. Okay. Same deal, you know, if it's under 15, you don't spot it. So, who got higher than 15? I just got 15. 
Okay. 15 or higher is what I mean. Cool. Alright. So, Lagoneth and Castaway both notice, off into the distance, they see some footprints in the dirt. Fairly large footprints. Humanoid, though, to say that. So, nothing out of the ordinary, but they're large footprints off in the distance that are leading into another pathway that kind of jolts off into another area of the can ruins I, from the entrance. Can I tell how old the footprints are? They look fairly fresh. Probably, I'd say, a day old. Very interesting indeed. Um, you see those footprints over there? Mm, yes. If somebody has trudged through here very recently. I think we um, should be on guard a little bit. Mm. Looks so Maybe it's the that people way. he hired before us. Maybe it's people who should be stabbed if he should jump out at me. Hmm, maybe. I'll keep that in mind. What is your turtle, Vic? It's low to the ground. Franklin? Oh, he just wants to sleep. Uh, how does it... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, uh, Averis looks towards the footprints. And she gets closer and she kind of inspects it. They're pretty large. Humanoid, if anything. Very well. Let's follow these prints. Warforge, you first. Uh, sounds good. And he, he moves at a pretty decent clip. He's using his, you see he has a, a large wooden shield that's kind of covered in that same fungus and, and uh, uh, bog oak. And uh, he has a quarter staff in the other hand. And he's, he's moving at a pretty decent clip. <laughs> so as uh, Castaway leads the way, the rest of you, I'm assuming, kind of follow. Are you trying to sneak? Are you trying to be quiet? Or how are you just walking? How about are you guys? There, there's no sneaking with Franklin. You just hear dum, 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 dum every time he walks. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I don't think that he's trying to sneak, but he is going to do a nature check. Okay. Uh, main, the main thing that he's looking at is he's looking at the actual plant life that's kind of built up over top of it. Um, and any of that's been hacked away, maybe he can see how recent that hack yeah. away was. Um, so I got a 9 and an 8, so I've got a 17 on that. Okay, so <clears throat> there have been some vines and a few trees off to the side that look like they've been chopped down recently. Mm. Some of the vines have been torn up as if someone was walking through the ruins and like grabbing hold of the vines and just pushing them out of their way. The pretty elf is right. Someone was here very recently. Wait, which pretty elf? I believe he's talking about me. Oh. Um, you're pretty drow. I'm sorry. I like to use proper terminology. <laughs> but for you, you're right. Someone was here. They cut down these poor vines early. Mm. But if we make our way in, I'm sure we might even be able to catch up with them soon. What do you think? Of our uh, various... I keep saying a virus, a virus, a virus. Uh, looks around. Well, it could be bandits. It could be potentially the adventurers, the adventurers guild sent out. It could be anything. However, I'm going to assume that they are hostile. So I say we proceed with caution. Fair. And with that, a virus goes. Before we go, she begins to chant out some words. And as she finishes casting a spell, you see that the half-elf has casted mage armor. 
you see a little glow begin to appear around her body. She's casted mage armor to give her a higher armor class. And she looks around, all right, I'm ready. Lead the way. Mm, on my way. So as you guys follow or continue down, I'm going to need you all to make me perception checks. Um, as you're doing that, if we are trying to be a little bit quiet, um, you see Castaway kind of moves his hands God, kind of close to the ground. Dire trash. And you see uh, a little bit of like small fungus or uh, moss begins to kind of show up under your feet, but your feet feel much lighter. He's casting Pass Without a Trace on all of us. Hmm. Uh, so when he does, uh, Veil of Shadows and Silence radiates from you, masking you and your companions from detection. For duration, each creature you choose within 30 feet of you, including myself, has plus 10 bonus to dexterity stealth checks and can't be tracked except by magical means. A creature that receives this bonus behind leaves no tracks or other traces of its passage. And it lasts uh, up to an hour. So okay. he does that. It's a second level spell. Uh, your feet just feel a little bit lighter. So uh, if you want, we could do a, a stealth check even for Franklin. Cool. Okay. My perception is 12, by the way. Okay. Lagona. I can call you Lago, right? You shall speak at me and my lord, if you would. I'm sorry, I already have that reserved one of my instruments. Lord. Their name is Your Royal Highness, my lord, <laughs> and on your knees. <laughs> Lagoneth is fine. Works for me. What about you? Can I call you Grid? Yeah, that's alright. How about you? Can I call you, uh, Cast? You can call me whatever you like. Can I call you Avi? I guess. Good. Whatever. Let's keep it short. Like this party. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you all. So what's everyone's technical stealth? Uh, move silently. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Twenty-two. Minus seven. Plus whatever. Plus ten. Plus your dex. So roll a d twenty. Yeah. Six. Plus okay. six five. Six or ten. Six thirteen. Thirteen. Plus ten. Twenty-three. Cool. Okay. All right. So as you guys are moving silently, thanks to Castaway's spell. You're much more quiet than you would have been. I'm going to... Oh! Oh, God. All right. So I rolled a 19. That's pretty high. Well, he's okay. definitely seen Franklin. Yep. <laughs> yep. Loud-ass turtle. All right, so... You just drink. Anyone that's got under a 27 will be heard, or at least... 27? Anything under 27 will be at least heard or just safe. What did I? 24? Averis is 25. 23. Yeah, you're near me. Okay. So as you guys I'm are walking... Luck. I'm going to roll luck. Oh, smart play. All right, that's one. Actually, I'm using Bardic Inspiration. Yeah, roll something on top of that. Yeah, I'm going to roll a D8 with that. What is shield do again? This means you need to roll four or higher. What is shield do again? I can only do a three. Yep. All right, you're quiet now. What did you roll? Or what did you do? I rolled a 28. Because I used Bardic Inspiration. Oh, okay. 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 Play a song and... That's fine. I'll allow that. You know, I was contemplating getting a ukulele to bring it in here and play it like... Bing, 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 bing. Right. Okay, so as you guys follow the pathway, you all make me... 
perception checks really quick. Alright, so y'all can see and hear this. So before we start this interaction, how were you all walking? I'm assuming it was Castaway was first with Lagoneth next to him or behind He's him? He's not near him. Okay. I'm in the back. He is okay. too dirty. I'm in the back. I walk uh, slow. Okay. Franklin's right I like next to Castaway. I like to enjoy what I'm doing. If anything. Okay. And then um, I would be behind or next to Franklin. Okay. Here, let's do this. There we go. As you guys follow the path, you come across an opening in the pathway that leads into what looks like a broken down entranceway into these ruins. You see a very large opening, it's about 15 feet wide, that leads into the ruins. All around the entrance are stone slabs and pillars, all made out of all stone with the vines all alongside of it. But the interesting thing that you guys catch prior or right before the entranceway, right next to it, I should say, there is an encampment. As you guys stumble across this encampment, you notice there are two large figures standing around along with four other smaller figures. What you see before you are two large ogres and four goblins in this encampment. However, before you can do anything, everyone that had under a 20, uh, 27 in their move silently, or your stealth, I should say, they heard. So, who was it that load? It was Franklin. Franklin, Lagoneth, and Averis both had lower than 27 stealth. Yep. So as you all stumble, the ogres and the goblins, they both heard. You see the goblins, they... And the ogre, and they look your way in your direction where the sound was coming from, and they spot Averis, Logoneth, and Franklin. And at that point, I'm assuming you're all kind of bunched up, so they're probably going to spot the rest of you as well. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you did not catch them by surprise, so we're going to go ahead and go by the initiative. So we rolled initiative prior to the uh, recording. So right now this is how initiative works. We have Castaway first, Averis second, and Dra- uh, Grid. I almost said Drax. <laughs> <laughs> Grid uh, after the Averis, and then Lagoneth, and then Base, and Monsters after that. So we will go ahead and start initiative, or not initiative, but combat here, or whatever you guys want to do. So, Castaway, it is your turn. What are you doing? Uh, he sees the uh, ogre that's to the left of him. Oh, you all should be prepared. I don't think they're friendly. And as he does, he kind of holds one of his really thick wooden fingers up to what would be his mouth, and you hear this light shh kind of call over it, and this ghostly hand springs forth from him and wraps itself around the mouth of the ogre. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use chill touch. Alright. My two hit on that is a 17. On the ogre you said? Yep. Alright. Making a spell attack against him? Yeah, alright. 
That hits. All right, and that is going to deal 2d8 damage, and with this damage, he will not be able to heal afterwards. All right. I got an 8 and a 5, so that's 13 points of damage. Necrotic. Okay, necrotic. Okay. All right. So the ogre that Castaway cast a spell on, you see he, he kind of gets a bit nervous and he yells out as he feels the necrotic damage seek into his skin. Ah! And he starts screaming and he starts wailing his hands around. He grabs this giant club and he stares over at your, the group's way. All right, so after that is Averis. So Averis... Seeing which, which which ogre did you hit? The one on the left or right? So Averis steps over near base, and she begins to cast a cantrip to try and hurt the ogre. Rolled a nine. So Averis is casting what's called uh, firebolt cantrip. The firebolt shoots and goes over the ogre's shoulder. So as she was about to hit it, he kind of topples over in pain from the necrotic damage that Castaway did, and she misses. Adagio reaches over and goes, try that again. I'm going to use one of my looks to re-roll. Okay, okay. That definitely hits. So she shoots once more, and she fires a bolt of fire, doing 2d10 damage. 10 plus 5. 15 damage to the same ogre that Castaway hit. Get roasted. So not only does this ogre topple over in pain from the necrotic damage, as he topples over, a firebolt flies over his shoulder, but then another one hits him in the chest, and you see his chest begins to burst open in flames, and he is now scorched, and he screams out in pain. The goblins all begin to get excited, and they're all grabbing their little weapons. Ah! And they begin to ready to charge you. I look right. over at Avi and go, told you I was useful. Not bad. Is that a uh, bonus or? That's a feat. Oh, okay. Okay, I just want to make sure. I took it instead of the, the upping my stuff. Yeah. yeah, luckily with Drow's, their dexterity and charisma are already boosted. So you took the feat over your stat boost. Gotcha. All right. It is now Grid's turn. Y'all wanted to see what I can do? <laughs> Don't fuck up. <laughs> Roll that one. <laughs> um, you see this fire shows up in both his hands. Almost very similar to... Firebolt? Of, of mm-hmm. Mars. Yeah, a virus. So it's just a one roll. So 24 to hit. 24 hits, AJ. Okay. You think you can hand me the player's handbook so, real quick? Yeah. Fart inspiration is a little... Cutting words and all that. He does six fire damage. Six fire damage? Mm-hmm. Same okay. ogre. Same ogre? Same, same ogre. Okay. So Jeez. the ogre is gets hit yet again by more fire, and the chest just bursts open a little bit more, and you see he's screaming in pain at this point. You said that was six damage? Yeah. Okay. All right. It is Lagonath's turn. It's actually Franklin's. Oh, I'm sorry. Franklin. Franklin's going to move up to this one right here. Franklin charges a goblin that's close to the ogre that's been slammed by the fire. <laughs> Franklin's gonna just 
poke his head out of his shell and just bite the little goblin. All right. So 17. That will hit the bite. goblin. And he is going to do d8. Oh, that's a d10. So he's going to do 7 plus 2 piercing. Okay. So as Franklin the mechanical turtle rushes up towards the first goblin, the goblin turns around and he's a bit surprised. He goes, ah! Franklin's a little bigger than the goblin thought he was. So as Franklin comes and bites down on the goblin, Franklin bites the goblin's neck and tears it apart. And the goblin falls limp, dead, under Franklin's jaws. Well, that turtle's a little bit more fierce than I thought. He's, good job, Franklin. <laughs> he's such a good turtle. Very impressive. Now it is Laguna's turn. How uh, dark is this place we're in? It's pretty well lit. There, it's a it's an encampment, so there's two little uh, campfires and a few tents okay. that the goblins have set up. It's pretty shoddy, though. It's nothing to write home about. Okay. But it's pretty well lit. Like, I'm talking about uh, behind them. Is it darker? Oh, into the ruins, yes. Yeah, I don't want to be surprised. So, uh, Lagonis kind of just looks, steps forward just a little bit, maybe five feet, and then dancing lights. Uh, behind them, make sure uh, that's all the enemies right in front of us. It's <laughs> a good call. So he sends the dancing lights into the main entranceway of the ruins. So everything that he can see anyways here lights up. And he can see that it's a long corridor going into the ruins. There is nothing hostile that he can see within the hallway or the corridors of the ruins. He just... <laughs> Draws his rapier and that's it. That's his, that's his turn. Okay. Alright. Now it is Bass's turn. What is Bass doing? So um, he's going to be casting Bardic Inspiration, obviously, um, to just kind of have everything going well. But, um... Yep, yep, the left ogre is the one on the left is the one that's been getting jacked up. Okay. <laughs> So I'm going to cast Vicious Mockery against him. What, you can't move? You're just going to get hit by everything? What a piece of trash and garbage you are. <laughs> and then uh, I think I roll just a normal spell casting. Yeah, so your spell cast attack bonus, add that to it. And he just misses. Okay. The ogre is in so much pain, he just doesn't even acknowledge that base was talking to him. He just is focused on the, the pain in his body that he just ignores. <laughs> what was the base? What was the uh, spell? Uh, vicious mockery. Yeah. If the target can hear you, it must succeed in a wisdom it, save. Oh, so save. It's a save. It's, it's not a and attack it's a DC hit. 15 Sorry, I just don't know much. No, you're good. About spells. You're fine. <laughs> okay. No, you did good. What was the DC 15? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's the case. It was a wisdom, so he's definitely not going to make it. It's going to so, take a 2d4 psychic damage. Okay. So that's three psychic damage. And what that, What else does it do? Because he failed to say. What, what's it doing? It must succeed or take 1d4 if it, and have a disadvantage on your next attack roll. That's good. Okay. Makes it before at the end of its next turn. Okay, so it has a disadvantage on its attacks. 
Cool. So he does get hit by it. Because he just told him it was trash. Yeah. <laughs> so you see the ogre. Oh, oh, he's holding onto his chest. He's crying Gosh. and pain. So it is now their turn. I love it. The it's other so ogre looks and sees what you all did to his friend. And it grabs its great club. And it yells out. And it charges at the nearest person. Which looks like is cast away. The ogre comes. And it slams its great club down towards the Warforge. And what is your AC? 19. So this great club comes and smashes down against Castaway, and it does 2d8 damage. So that will only be, I rolled minimum. So that is 6 damage. Alright. Ooh, you're a strong one. So as the ogre slams its great club, the two goblins near him come around. And one comes, and it swings its scimitar at the warforge. The smiter? 19. 19. So that one will miss. The other goblin that was behind the same ogre comes around, and it has a sling, or a short bow. And it shoots over at the next nearest character, which is Lagoneth. Lagoneth, what's your ace? 16. Lagoneth is hit by a, the short bow. An arrow ah. comes and does three damage. How dare you touch me? An arrow swing or comes and it hits the side of Lagoneth's arm. The other ogre, yelling in pain, it stumbles forward. And the only thing closest to him is Franklin, Grid's little robotic turtle. And he swings its great axe down, but he's at a disadvantage. So he's got a critical one. So he misses hard. There's no attack opportunity on critical ones in 5th edition. Yeah, so Franklin just sees the great club come smashing down next to him. The other goblin, seeing what Franklin did to it, shakes his head. He steps back and he pulls out his short bow and he shoots it, not at Franklin, but at Grid. And he hits, I'm assuming. Yeah, he hits. 19. Yeah. And he does four damage to Grid. An arrow comes and hits you in the chest for four damage. That is now the one full round. It is now Castaway's turn. So, Castaway, upon seeing this large ogre start to tangle with him at this point, I suppose you want to join the circle. And you see his chest plates and the wood that's on him begin to creak open, and all of a sudden these spores begin to kind of spill into the air around him. Lagoneth, you might want to step back. I'm going to take a five foot, so I'm not moving out of anybody. Right. I'm just moving a little bit away from him. And at this point... These spores fill the air, and it actually becomes kind of cloudy around him at this point. But the fungus begins to kind of grow through those cracks, and he hunches a little bit more. Um, I just activated my symbiotic entity. The portion of me that is made up of the spore is now spilling out. Um, when that occurs, uh, so the two that are directly in front of me at this no, point... He is gonna take his quarterstaff at that point and it just kind of begins to drip in this ichor and he goes to hit the ogre with it okay 
Uh, that is a 20. That will hit the ogre. So uh, that is a crit hit. Do I, I don't need to confirm, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I roll that, I just deal double damage, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that is going to be 4d6. Because I also deal a d6 of poison damage okay. as well. Uh, so that's going to be 12, 17, 20, 20 plus my strength of 2. So 22 points of poison damage. Okay. And as this one and this one activate in my turn, they will take damage from the spores. Okay, so it's like a poison AoE field mm -hmm. gas or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But it's only at the start of their turn. Absolutely. Okay. Sweet. The ogre takes the damage and it growls down at the Warforge cast joy. And you see it's flexing its arm, preparing itself to smash its club down on you again. It is now a Virus's turn. She comes to the side. She is going to cast spell. And she shoots another that's D10s, another cantrip of Firebolt. Where's my D10? Am I not seeing it? There it is. Five, eight. So, Avira shoots out another firebolt at the goblin that backed away with the short bow near Franklin. And you see she shoots the firebolt and it hits the goblins in the face. His eyes begin to melt out from his eye sockets as he yells out and his face just melts. Damn. And Avira's just, she doesn't even blink. She just looks. And who's next? Who's the closest to her? Uh, go ahead and make me perception. I'll do it on your guys' turn. Never mind. So, actually, it's, it is now Grid's turn. Grid, make me a perception check to see if you notice. Um, 24. Okay. So as Avira shoots and kills the goblin, he notices, since she's close to him, that she has this smirk on her face after she kills it. As if she enjoyed doing it. Okay. She got some leather, S and M type shit in her closet. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody touches my Franklin. <laughs> and that is a twenty to hit the ogre, the one that's been damaged. The the one that's reeking in pain from all the fire. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. That will hit. So what are you doing? Uh, the firebolt. Okay, the firebolt. Seven and nine. Sixteen fire damage. Alright. So the ogre that has been crippled with pain with fire yet again has a firebolt <laughs> hit him in the chest. The ogre drops to a knee and he's like ah screaming in pain. At this at this point, his chest is beginning to melt away. He is still alive, but his body is being burnt. As he stands. His life sucks. <laughs> My cabbages! His life sucks, what a way man. to go! He's still up, though. It and is now Franklin's now turn. Now Franklin's gonna look up and just bite him again. <laughs> 15 to hit. That hits the ogre. So as the ogre drops to a knee, screaming in pain from the fire, Franklin bites up at him. One doing damage and three piercing on top of that. How much damage total? Three. three. Oh, four okay. total. Okay. Three of it piercing. The ogre takes the bite and he drops to his second knee. Uh, he's like saliva, like saliva and drool coming down his mouth. He's he's just in so much pain, but he's still up. He's struggling. Um. Well, young lady, 
y'all, y'all can take the final hit. <laughs> Alright, so Virus looks over. Oh, I'm going to take the final hit. It is now <laughs> Lagonoth's turn. Like, he's like, who shot me? <laughs> Rips out the uh, arrow and looks around. Yeah. Is it that goblin in the back there? Yes, the very goblin to the right. Also know my booming blade. He rushes for him. Uh-oh. So he rushes. Lagonath charges yeah. at the other goblin with a short bow. Uh, swipes his hand down his blade and tries to shank him in the stomach. With a rapier? Yep. Uh, I'm using booming blade. Okay. So That'll be a melee attack. Yep. See if you hit the goblin. The so goblin sees Lagonath charging at him. <laughs> Damn, that's weak. Oh. <laughs> Nine. You guys are counting the disadvantage he has because I caught him trash, right? Oh, he's attacking this one. No, he's attacking the goblin, oh. not the ogre, yeah. <laughs> Nine. So the goblin <laughs> sees Laguna charging, and the goblin quickly jumps out the way, <laughs> dodging the rapier. And the goblin looks up at Laguna with wide open eyes. <laughs> Get back here. <laughs> All right. It is now Bass's turn. <laughs> so, um,. Base takes an instrument out of his back, and it's a little piece of iron. And he points over at the bowman. You aren't going anywhere. Whole person. <laughs> oh, you stuck, dude. So the target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be paralyzed for the duration. Okay, perfect. Which is, What's your DC say? 15? Is it? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it should so be 15. So spell save? It's, it's 8, eight. Plus 4 plus 3. Yep, so 15. He fails. So the goblin is paralyzed for how long? Um, he is paralyzed for the entire duration, and it's a whole minute. Okay, a whole minute. All right. So the goblin that dodged Lagonath, as soon as he dodged, he starts laughing, <laughs> pointing up at Lagonath. But as he's laughing, he feels his body stiffen, and he goes, <laughs> and he drops to the side, paralyzed. Yeah, yeah, one action per round. Yeah, unless it was a bonus action. But yeah, one action per your round. Your bonus actions are all your bardic and your reaction stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I give a bonus action to him. He can... Lagonath? Within the next 10 minutes, if you want to roll a D8 on top of whatever you're doing, do it. Ooh. Just once, but you can do it. Oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Once Remember within that. the next 10 minutes. All right. It is now the monster's turn. The crippled ogre is breathing in pain. He's, he still has the disadvantage. He swings it again at not knowing what to do. He swings at Franklin. He's going to take the lower roll, which was a four. What's Franklin's AC? This guy is at a disadvantage, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what he's been doing. Yeah, that's what I did. Some roll say. twice, took the Some lowest say. number. I like that. Now. Yeah. Five, so five what was this? Fifteen. Fifteen, okay. The ogre slams its great club against Franklin, but he's... He's just so damaged and hurt from all the pain that his strength is dwindling. It does no damage. So Franklin, Franklin during the attack, shrunk back in the shell. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The other ogre, however... It's activating. It yep. now needs to make a DC 15 con save. Okay, it failed. So how so much damage does it takes take? It takes a D4 of necrotic damage. Okay. I don't have a D4. I'm going to use yours. It takes two necrotic damage. All right. So the ogre takes the necrotic damage, ignores it, and just slams its club back down onto Warforge. 19 is what you're trying to do. Alright. It hits. Okay. And I forget what the damage was. It was, yes, 2d8. 
So, the ogre slant. Oof. Max so. damage. So, 16 plus 4. Okay. 20 damage. He hit me so hard oh. that my fungal effect went down. Okay. So, I only have it as long as I have my temporary hit points. I gained 20. He dealt me 20. I'm now back to where I was. Ow. You, you hit hard. The ogre just smashes its club against Castaway, and he yells out in the Warforged face. And now the goblin next to that ogre, he has to roll, right? Mm-hmm. 19. He, he still misses. Mm-hmm. So he hits the side of uh, the Warforged Castaway with his scimitar, but you're able to knock it to the side. The other goblin is paralyzed and cannot do anything. Does he get a chance to no. to save out? Okay. Paralyzed. Yeah. Alright, so he's completely for paralyzed for a minute. So it is now <laughs> Castaway's turn. So he just gets well, to watch. Mine. Yep. And hold. Okay, cool. Um, so well, at that point that fool. <laughs> Castaway just kind of gets hit hard enough that he closed up all of his gaps. That just doesn't seem fair. Huh. Well, I guess we'll have to even the odds a bit. And Castaway at this point kind of places his hand on the ground, Mm -hmm. um, and he is going to put a spell into the ground. Um, He's going to center the uh, 10-foot radius area right here. Okay. So it'll affect these two. They need to make me a DC 15 dexterity save. All right, the ogre saved. The goblin failed. Okay. So if the goblin failed, it takes 1d6 bludgeoning damage. Which it takes two more bludgeoning damage. Okay. Uh, and it is not prone. All right. The goblin is hurt. Oh God, it's good. Um, now, regardless, though, this whole area now has become hindering terrain. So it will require them to have to double their movement for them to move out. And at that point, he just kind of... Uh, <laughs> And takes a five foot step back. Okay. Okay. All right. You're still in his threat range, so he. Doesn't, I figured. Yeah, so he doesn't get that attack of opportunity. All right. It is now the NPC's turn. So Averus steps forward, shoots at the ogre, and I only rolled a four. So actually, that's just enough. I need eleven. She does her firebolt yet again. Oh wait, that's eight. For three damage at the ogre that is breathing in pain. <laughs> so she shoots the firebolt, and he only has two HP left. So she finishes it off, just like she said she would. She shoots into the ogre's chest yet again, and you see his chest is blown out with flames. And as he drops to the ground, instantly dead, you can see his spine in the center of his chest. And his heart burnt to a crisp. So Mortal Kombat. You shit. did him a favor, man. He was suffering the entire <laughs> fight. Ah, 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 Cinder. Averis looks over to the side and she's she smiles and she looks over at the other ogres preparing another spell. It is now roll for intent. Grids, grids turn. <laughs> you can roll an insider uh, once it's your turn. Yeah. To see. He's how. gonna move up to the other ogre. Lego, you seen this? And he's gonna pull out. He's gonna laugh. Yeah, you're, you're fucking with that shit. You're <laughs> fucking like hard. Um, he has no shield on him. He's two-handing this battle axe. Okay. 
Greg runs up with his battle axe. Yogur knocks it away with his great club and yells in his face. Franklin? You just hear Franklin hit me. <laughs> <laughs> it does make noise. Nice. Ugh, Franklin. Um, nine. Good. That will miss as well. Franklin just tries to nip at it. He misses completely. Ogre <laughs> dodges. Lagoneth. Lagoneth. Lago. Just uh-huh. grabs his sword again. Uh, it surges with lightning. And he looks down at the goblin. You were laughing. What happened to that? You <laughs> seem to be in some difficulty. Are you alright? And <laughs> he just swings down on him. So we're going to roll. the force he, of a god. He doesn't have his deck, so... That will hit. Uh, so, this is lighting there. So, 2d8. Oh, I gotta roll my weapon, too. Which is a d8. Yeah. So, 3d8. Here's the fire. Yep. Four. Four. How do you kill the goblin? <laughs> he stabs right through his throat. <laughs> while staring him in the eyes. Damn. Get off my blade. <laughs> wipes. He wipes the, uh, his blood off on the goblin's body. <laughs> The goblin lies there, lifeless. Ah! Alright. It is now Bass's turn. Alright. Um, so, he takes a look and everybody's pretty much gone with the wind here, except for this one standing here smacking around our mushroom friends. So, <laughs> I decide to take matters into my own hands. So, he pinches something out and it kind of just goes away. And fades away as if like it was turning to ashes. And then uh, you start to hear kind of a little bit of, of like a surging of electricity. You are not going to be a very, very lucky person today. He plays a little bit of um, his loop. Your Royal Highness demands blood. That's the name of his loop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your Royal Highness is his loot. So, um... Each creature within a 10-foot radius sphere centered on a point must make a constitution saving throw. A creature will take 3d8 thunder damage on fail. Okay. So, his corn is a 3. He only has a 10. Take that damage. So he fails. 3d8. And y'all can hear my Malamute whining in the back. <laughs> my letter outside. Genko just wants in on the fight. Yeah. Right. So how much damage? Uh, 8, 9, 10, 11... Plus, should be eleven. Yeah, just whatever you roll. Okay, right. eleven. Okay, welcome to spells. All right. So the ogre takes the spell's damage, and he's still up and yelling and smashing his great club around. It is now his turn. No, that one's crazy. I'll take a couple of steps this way. <laughs> <laughs> so the ogre, looking around. Next closest is Grid. He swings. Um, as a instant, uh, Franklin's going to use defensive um, stance, so he has a disadvantage against Grid. Now. Okay. Oh, that's a reaction. Reaction. Okay. So what's Grid's AC? Um, 15? 16. 
16. All right, so the Great Club misses. He swings over Grid's head, and Grid's able to dodge it. Thanks to Franklin. <laughs> so I love you, little buddy. <laughs> it is now Castaway. Oh, this turn. goblin's not dead. It's just fellow. Oh, that's right. Oh, really? That's yeah. Right. Who right. wants to get up? Oh, he needs to take damage too. Yeah. Oh. He failed. Yeah, he's taking the same damage. Yeah, he's, he's dead. Eleven kills him. Yeah, so the, the goblin that was laying next to that ogre just, just takes a spell. He looks like he's getting electrocuted. He's gone. It is Castaway strength. Alright. <laughs> oh, that one's not dead, but actually it is. Castaway just kind of pulls his hands up to his face like this. And you see his stomach just kind of swells for a bit. And he breathes out. This gross, uh, almost like a, a bright purplish toxin onto the uh, ogre. It needs to make me a con save. DC 15. Failed. Okay, it's going to take 2d12 damage of uh, poison. Uh, it's going to take 15. a 15. Alright. Still up, but he's hurting. And after he does that, he just takes another five, five foot step back and he just says, Come. Okay. Come here. Come. Okay, so since you did not guess in, disengage, mm -hmm. he does get an attack of opportunity. Go right ahead. 19. 19 or 9 plus. Nope, so he misses. So you're able to, answer. yep, hits the ground, <laughs> smashes it. Averis looks over. And she's going to stay where she's at and cast the spell. Keep rolling fours with this girl, but it's gonna hit because she has a plus seven, so it's she's eleven. Hit eleven. Yeah. That's how wimpy his armor class. Yes. So she's another firebolt. She's just casting cantrips left and right. She doesn't want to use her spells. Mm -hmm. So that's ten damage. So as the ogre's club smashes the ground and Castaway dodges, he looks to the side and he you all just see a firebolt hit the ogre's <laughs> side of his head and shoots out of the other side. Oh, yeah, fucking Gogo 13 right there. <laughs> the ogre's brains have been melted by the flames and it drops down to the side dead. Ah, the both of you and your fire. Ugh. A virus looks around and she just nods to herself. She whispers, that's three. So with that, the enemies are now all dead. What do you guys do? Um, McGowan just sheaths his rapier and just looks around. Oh, that was fun. Do we follow initiative for what we do mm -hmm. after no, battle? No, you're this good. Open. Yeah, okay. it's open. We're just going to go up to uh, Castaway and just catch his shoulder. You'll be all right, buddy. Oh, I, I, I know. I'll be fine. What are you doing? He heals you. For how much? What did he do damage to you? <laughs> mm, he hurt me once. Castaway looks just like what he did before. Alright, um, right, so after the battle, the encampment is completely open to the party to inspect or do whatever they need to do. No other creatures or as far as ogres or goblins go come your way. The dancing lights are still in the entrance of the ruin, so you can still see into the hallway. You don't really see anything, though, mm -hmm. coming out. Again, the encampment has two campfires, one on each side, and there are like little tents where the goblins had set up. Averis is going to look around the camp. She doesn't really 
care much about if there's any gold or anything in the encampment. Make me perception checks. I got an 18. I got 17. As you guys are, you all have higher than 10, so you're fine. Mm -hmm. You guys see, when you're scouting around the encampment, you don't see anything of much value other than the scimitars. And if they're not even that valuable. They're pretty old and rusted scimitars the goblins were using. You do notice, though, around the campfires, there are some bones of what looks like used to be humanoids. But other than that, nothing particularly jumps out at you. You do also see that there are a few like bags, leather bags here and there, possibly bags that adventurers may have owned at one point, but nothing inside the bags that really jump out at you. Okay. Um, uh, are you doing something? Casterway's going to roll a uh, medicine check on the bones of the humanoids to see if this was most likely done by these. Goblin, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so he got a 20. So Castaway kind of studies the bones, and from what he can tell, all the bones here have had some sort of damage to them where ribs have been crushed or smashed in. So you would assume the ogres probably Bounce. crushed them with the great axe that they had. Looks like they've been here at least a little while. Most of these poor souls were lost to these ogres here. Yes, yes, very sad. Shall we move on? Uh, oh, that's right. You're one of those. Avira steps forward and she looks down at some of these bones and she goes, Hold. Before we enter the ruins, I need to do something. And you see she holds her hand down at one of the skeleton remains and she chants a spell and you see after she's done chanting the skeleton remains begin to move and jiggle in some sort of fashion and it slowly begins to get up and as it slowly gets up she points over at one of the goblin scimitars and one of the goblin short bows pick it up and you see the skeleton slowly gets up and it looks your way, and it goes and it begins to walk. She just casted a necromancer spell, animate dead. It goes and picks up the scimitar, and it grabs the short bow and it puts it, honks its bones, and it steps forward towards the entrance of the ruins. I'm just gonna use some d6s to represent the skeletons. She sends it to the ruins, and she looks over at the rest. What? Hmm. They were already dead. Might as well add them to our party, right? Very efficient. I like it. I'd rather a pile of bones die than one of us. Mm. The more in the audience, the better. Any objections? No. Ah, another one. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> He'll walk up next to the skeleton. You just kind of see him lean over. Rough job, I know. The uh, Averis looks over at the skeleton. Oh, I'll name you Skeletor. <laughs> and as she points at it, she kind of like claps her hands together and the skeleton chatters. <laughs> God dang it. All right, so lead the way, Warforge. Uh, 
Yes, come, Skeletor. And he walks into where the dancing lights are still in effect, and um, he'll actually move all the way into uh, past the main like threshold. Okay, so who all is? I'm assuming you're keeping the same kind of yeah. formation that yep. we had before, roughly. roughly. I'll definitely be in the back. He's gonna be next to you because uh, Franklin has dark vision. As you guys step into the entranceway of the ruins, the dancing lights help your vision. It is extremely dark in the ruins. You can't really see much other than what the dancing lights reveals to you, unless you have dark vision, which you can still see a bit further out. But as you guys enter the first corridor, or past the first corridor of the ruins, you step into a fairly rectangular stone room. To the east, you see there is a doorway leading into another room, but you cannot see into that room. And this rectangular room is enclosed everywhere else. There's only one door pathway to, to continue on. But go ahead and make me perception checks. That was bad. Real bad. Uh, 20. Oh, nice. Okay. Six. I have dark vision, though. Okay. So, so as you all look all around these, this stone room, you notice to the left, or to the west of you, there is wooden tables along the walls over here. And there's some items kind of just lingering on those tables. Also, to the north, or right directly in front of you, you also notice there is a chest, a wooden chest. Mm. Unlocked. It doesn't have a lock on it, but it's closed. So that's all you notice in this central room. It seems that maybe... The ogres might have used this area as storage. There's a chest up ahead and some tables. I'll go see if they had anything from those adventurers of worth. And he'll wander over to the tables. To the left. All right, so the Warforge heads to the west of the room to look at the tables. So as you're scouring, I'll just use your same perception that you had. 20. As you're scouring the tables, you notice that there are some, tr- there are some treasure pieces on the table. You do notice on that table there are 75 gold coins scattered on those tables. And you also find five onyx stones. He'll pick up the onyx. Uh, He'll pick up the gold as well, but he'll just go, Uh, you, uh, you're the one, right? He throws the gold at him. You like that, right? Um, I heard your story from earlier. He makes no attempt to catch. He just lets it fall wherever it drops and just walks away. And walks forward. I misjudged you. Here I thought that was your only reason for being here. He's rich. (laughs) Franklin bites into the gold and uh, eats it. Just one piece. Oh, he was hungry. Oh, Lagunas looks at that chest... I'm not touching that with my bare hands. He sent, um, raises his hand, and then a ghastly form, elegant looking, in butler type gear, kind of shows up. Open that chest for me. His unseen servant. Yep, my unseen servant. So your unseen servant moves forward, and it goes to touch the chest. Yep. It opens the chest with ease. There's no lock on it. Mm-hmm. As it opens the chest, there is an item within the chest. Does it pick it up? What do you find? Pick it up for me. 
So the unseen servant reaches down into the chest and it pulls out a great axe. Mm. Bring it here, damn it. Anybody want this? Not my style. Yeah, I'll take a look at it. Hand it to him. Now, damn it. The unseen so so the over. unseen servant passes uh, Grid the great axe. As Grid looks down at the great axe, it is engraved with some ancient writing scriptures. What languages do you know? Uh, Dwarvish, Elvish, and the common. Okay, so you don't know what's written on the uh, axe. However, Averis steps forward. Let me take a look at that. And she looks down at the axe while Grid is still holding on to it. I can read it if you need. Yeah. And she studies it for a moment. Yeah. And she goes, ah, that axe has draconic markings on it. It is possibly a magical axe. I can feel magic coming from it. Well, I can figure it out. Well, it's not something my father will care for. So if you want to keep it, it's yours. Would it be better to do identify or detect magic? Mm, identify. Yes. Identify. Identify that. Well, you just see like a shiny white glow around the axe as he just starts dying. Grid takes this great axe and he's holding it with both hands. It is known as the Southern Great Axe, as the draconic markings state on it. The bearer of this great axe gains plus one to his or her dexterity saving throws. Virus looks over at Grid. Not bad of a treasure, but nothing my father is going to want and nothing that I really care for. So it is yours to have, Gridoxia. I can use the scrap at some point. He just throws it in his bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So other than that, you don't see anything else really going on in this room. This room, like this rectangular room, is all stone walls. You see the vines have grown along the walls, hanging off the top of the ceiling or more vegetation. Uh, yeah, but it's all stone. Uh, it's not bad in here. Uh, is there a door? Is that a door? Yes, the still to the to the east is a door that's opened. Go see what's in there. He commands his uh, unseen servant. To go and take a look. Okay. So oh. I don't think the unseen servant can communicate with you as far as like talking. It can I only mean, it can only lift and move things for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it sees something, it's not you're not gonna really gain anything okay. from it. Yeah. So I walk over there then. All right. So you walk. Not inside. It's over. How, like at the door or? Like, yeah, it's over. I'm just going. Okay. Kind of. So everyone looking else there. walking in. Mm -hmm. I'll follow up. About third in the back, because I was looking over there first. So. Okay. But you picked up all that gold, right? <laughs> Franco was watching out. He didn't. 75 gold just laying on the floor. Oh. I, I think Franco. 74 gold. Oh, 74 <laughs> now. I'm sorry. Excuse me. All right, so. You the, up that gold? There's 74 gold lying there. How did. Did no one else see it other than me? Oh, no, I just threw it all over the ground. No, he threw it at me, and I dodged it and let it fall where it drops. Just 74 gold? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He ate one. Yeah, of course they sweep it up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, they said, I Vegas sweep it like it's chips on a table. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you do that, the others make their way towards the door. It's, a, again, it's a stone 
stone-like door. It's cracked open. You can push it to the side. Um, so who's entering, or what do you guys do? Look on this enter. Okay, so as you enter, it leads into a small hallway that you can only turn left. You can't turn right. There's a stone wall. You'd have to turn left right away. Mm -hmm. But as Lagoneth steps through, go ahead and make me a deck save. Dex, don't fail me now. It failed me now. Uh, um, you could roll a d8. You have my inspiration still for the last 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's right. You haven't used it. So, add that on top of it. <laughs> so. Hey, I tried, man. You did. Nine. Okay. A nine. As Lagona steps through the door, the stone wall beneath, or the stone floor beneath him crumbles, and he falls into a pit. Damn it! As he falls, however, I need you... Oh, you failed that. So, as you fall, the space is extremely... It's a fairly small entryway, but it's four by four. So you fall centered down. You fall about 20 feet. However, you don't hit ground like you expect to hit. So what happens here is... Considering the area you're in is only about 15 feet wide, mm -hmm. Goneth falls, and as he falls, he, he feels like a weird ooze. And he falls through the ooze. Uh -oh. And as he falls into the ooze, he feels something eating away at him. Now, you will be taking some acid damage. Ah, shit. 3d6. Oh! 15 acid damage. As you take 15 acid damage, Lagoneth can feel himself sink into this ooze. He can't breathe. And you have trouble moving. It is now, we're going to say, it is Jake's turn. Okay. So, Castaway just saw him fall through. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh no. He may have hurt himself. I better run up and try to help. He gets there when he gets there. <laughs> um, he looks in about how deep is it that he fell? 20 feet 20 feet oh, are you alright down there you hear nothing you hear nothing okay. do you look down yeah do you see Lagoneth kind of like stuck slowly trying to move he's fallen into some sort of ooze he can't hear you he's gonna make a check you can't uh, see anything around him. You just see him moving like... So he rolled uh, an 18 uh, plus a nature check. Um, so uh, that's going to be an 8 and an 18. It's a 26. Okay. Um, he's trying to make sure that this is what he thinks it is. So when you look down, you're able to successfully make a 15 or higher wisdom perception check. You see Lagona is trying to move, but you don't see really anything around him. To the plain eye, you wouldn't see anything. But because you rolled high enough... You're able to see he has fallen into what's called a gelatinous cube. It is now eating away at his flesh. Okay. At this point, Castaway turns around and he goes, I need someone to give me a hand so I can get him out of here. What do you have in mind? Do we have to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, pretty much at this point, uh, what Castaway is going to do is he's going to Grab a hold of, uh, yeah, I believe it's you who's closest to me. So 
He grabs a hold of Grid. uh, Grid's arm. He leans over and he goes, Hey, this is going to hurt. And he actually uses his ca- uh, one of his cantrips. He's using uh, uh, Thorn Whip. And when he uses Thorn Whip, what Thorn Whip does is if, if he makes an attack, it's 2d6 points of piercing damage that I'm going to hit him with. Mm-hmm. But when I hit him, I pull him 10 feet closer to me. So I should be able to pull him up okay. close enough to where so, he can grab a hold of my... So go ahead. Staff. Okay, so we'll, what we're going to do is go ahead and make an attack roll, see if you hit the cube. Okay. I rolled a nat 20. All right, so double the damage. Awesome. So <laughs> go ahead and do your damage to it. Okay. So I roll double the die, right? Yes. Just not double yes. anything else. Exactly. Okay. So that's 46 damage. Pretty minimal. So I hit it for 10. Okay. Piercing. All right. And then, so you're trying to grab him. So go ahead and make me, let's see here, a, a strength check is going to have to be made by the person that is pulling him out of the cube. So the way that it works is when it hits him, you pull pull the creature up to 10 feet closer to you, period. Okay. So, um, I mean, I take it at that point, I guess I could do... Um, well, see, the thing with the, the gelatinous cube is if you're trying to pull someone out of it, you have to beat a strength check. Okay. So, so. I mean, I... I figure at that point, do you want me to roll maybe my wisdom modifier against it? Because that's my spell modifier. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Does he get a bonus for me helping? Like, I'm, he's helping on me. Should I roll something for it? No. It's, it's really the spell that's yeah. doing heavy lifting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Minimal. I got a seven. Seven. So the whip hits, and he's able to grab onto it, but as the spell pulls up, it's not strong enough. The gelatinous cube just holds on to mm. Well, at least I didn't him. hurt you. Enjoy that. Yeah. Um, he, he, there's a cube here. It, it's going to need a few of us to poke at it before we can get him out. Oh, okay. Oh, Averis goes over. Mm-hmm. Move out of the way. Averis looks down and sees... She's going to try and see what you see. Mm-hmm. She looks down. I don't see anything except for the Gonath going very slowly. But I trust you. You said there's a cube? Mm-hmm. She shoots down. She's able to hit the cube. Nine plus five. So 14 damage. She shoots into the gelatinous cube. And as she does that, she takes a step back. We have to do this one at a time. So next up, it is Grid's turn. Well, let's see if we can save the little fella first. (laughs) Pulls out a little mirror. He's like, well, buddy, here you go. And tosses the beer at him. Anything that attacks you or a harmful spell against you has to make a wisdom saving throw. On a fa- failed save, it just can't attack you. Cool. Take what we can get. Staves off you being melted. Yeah. Right. Is he out? Nope. 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 So it has to make here. a wisdom saving throw? Yeah. To hit him? Yeah. Okay. okay. Franklin, I don't want you to melt, so you stay right, right put. Alright. Lagonath's turn. So, because you are engulfed by the creature, you have to make a... Uh, oh, I never mind. Start of the cubes for never mind. You go ahead. Um, I do a swing at it with my uh, my rapier while I'm inside. Just, that is a 18. Okay, that'll hit. I'm just going to make sure that you can attack it while you're inside of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
creature can't breathe is restrained. Oh. Yeah. You can't do anything. You no can't do that. anything. Yeah. You can only, you can only attempt to get like pull yourself out. Okay, then that's exactly what's gonna happen. You have to make a DC strength check. All right, this is gonna be difficult. So see, okay, yeah, okay. let's go ahead and do that. My saving throws five for strength. Nat twenty. Okay. Nice. Will you Hulk leap out of the cube? <laughs> <laughs> yo. I need so, out. Unhand me. Lagonath. This is almost him. Yeah. Yeah. Lagonath moves upwards out of the cube, and he's able to pull himself out. He grabs onto the stone sides of the pit, and he pulls himself out. But he's only able to pull himself up five feet up. There's enough cool. ledge to grab onto the side of the stone walls around you. But you are now five feet above the cube. He's just breathing heavy. You just hear, get this thing. Someone kill it. <laughs> it is now Bass's turn. Well, I can't even see it. All right. I have something. I cast fi uh, Fairy Fire. Yeah. What it does is it outlines it with some specific light visible for everybody. Oh, that's it. Um, and it now will take a disadvantage, or, I'm sorry, you have an advantage to attack it. Oh. Everybody okay. does. How very helpful. Okay. Uh, All right. So the cube is now lit up, and you can see the cube. However, it is now the- Ten-foot light. Yeah. Like. Glenat the, the gelatinous cube is turned. It goes, and it swings a melee attack to a pseudopod. You see this ooze-like arm come and try and- My you. reaction is uh, my shield. Which gives me a plus five AC. Oh wait, you have sanctuary on you. Yeah, I do. Oh, I, have to, right. I have to I'll break. Have to I have again. to break the uh, wisdom. What was it, the DC? DC fifteen. Should be my wisdom. Yeah, fifteen. Okay. Okay. So it goes. And it doesn't touch him. That was smart. Yeah. However, the the cube can still move, mm -hmm. and it slowly begins to ooze its way up. It moves up five feet. Make a deck saving throw. Tries to engulf you by moving into your space because it moves up one or five feet. As it goes, you're able to make the deck saving throw. And as it moves up, Lagona just goes hell no. <laughs> he goes up five foot, yep. five feet more. Jumps us up. Get away from me. Uh, well, being that I have advantage on attacks against him due to fairy fire. Yeah. Castaway at that point just goes, I duck your head. <laughs> He's ducking. And he graves out the poison icker all over it. Um, I get advantage to the attack. That is a nat 20. So okay. we are going to deal 4d12 uh, damage. Okay. Uh, so that is going to be 12, 22 points of poison damage right. to it. Uh, the creature has to, make, uh, has to succeed on a constitution roll, though. Okay. Fails. Take what that. happens? It takes 4d12 damage. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Averis steps forward again, and she's just going to shoot another fireball. Nah. No. She doesn't. It fizzes, and she goes, oh. Climb faster, Lagonith. <laughs> if you've made it 10 feet, my, uh, you've got five more feet, and you can grab a hold of my quarterstaff. She's just laughing at the situation. Damn. All right. It is now Grid's turn. Get me out of this hole! <laughs> I heard you shoot it. You get to roll with advantage. That's 
17 either way. Okay. Eight t- uh, fire damage. Okay. All right. Franklin, pull him up. Franklin, like, bites the uh, edge of the, the hole or whatever it is and, like, turns around so it's, like, very tiny metal tail is, like, barely within reach. He is a medium-sized metal tail. Oh, cool. All right. It is now. We're going with this turn. Um, I can climb my ass out. You know? <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> um, I guess I'm grabbing that turtle's tail. And climb it out. Alright, so yeah, just go ahead and do a athletics check. Athletic as fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's Hulk leaping out of the slime. Roll 19. So you're able to climb. I Usain Bolt out of that, man. Damn boy. Get up! Alright. Because you're leaving its threat range, though, he gets an attack of opportunity. He has to make that wisdom saving throw. You though. move so fast when you're Damn. dirty. <laughs> it, it fails its wisdom saving throw against. Sanctuary. Did you grab his tail? Yep. Yes, here, Franklin. So you leave? Alright. Um, leaving that hole and backing right. away. Alright, gotcha. It is now Base's turn. Oh, okay. Uh, How far away is this slime from me at this point if I was at the doorstep here? Uh, if you move up to 15 feet. Yeah, right? 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was originally 20 and then moved up five. I can't really reach it. <sighs> That's weird. Can I jump over here? Like, from over here to over here? Yeah. Go ahead and make me an athletics check, though. Or acrobatics. Or acrobatics, yeah. That's my proficiency right Yeah, now. I'd do that one. So I front flip over the hall. Carl <laughs> A. Dig it. 16. All right. So base, gracefully... Jumps over the hole. He lands on the other side. Uh, well, now that I'm safe, and it's not some three stooges in the doorway here, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds. As I was passing him, I touched his shoulder. So you're going to get 1d8 plus 4. 8. There you go. So he oh, heals. And you. I'm on the other side thing. And yeah. Okay. Thank you, Drow. Cast away his turn. No big deal. That was a bad one. Was it me already? Nasty spell. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so still got the fairy fire on. I'm just gonna keep whipping it All at right. this point. Uh, I needed that. Another nat twenty. I will take all the nat twenties when we're fighting the full atmosphere. All right. So you check the weights on that die. So I hit it for eight and five is thirteen. Okay. Piercing damage. It's now Virus' turn, and she's just going to... That will hit. Fireball for 13 damage. So the gelatinous cube just begins to slowly, like, move back down Grid's turn. Can't we just plug up the thing? <laughs> you know, cover it up? It will eventually or melt just anything melt that falls on. That's probably what weakened the floor. But is that our problem? It's in the floor now. <laughs> it's crawling up here, though. Is it, though? Yeah, it just moved up. I didn't realize that you cared so much for brainless living th- I like you more and more. Well, I just don't care about it. I, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh-oh. All right. Let me just throw 
There's more fireballs at it. <laughs> Um, 13? That hits. Uh, 7 fire damage. Alright. The fire damage, the ooze, catches a flame. And it melts. And it drops back down into the pit. It has been vanquished. Well, right then. He looks, he looks at, uh, Grid. You, you saved my life. I... I thank you. Well, no problem, buddy. He he's like looking up the eyeballs where he tapped him at, and just accepts it. <laughs> uh, and thank you for healing me. Yeah, we need you big and strong. His appearance, grit is actually very very clean. I was willing to hurt you to save you. You're welcome. <laughs> so with that. You all still have to cross the doorway with the hole. Yep. Yeah. So, those who need to get by it, just make me either uh, acrobatics or uh, athletics. Alright. Yeah, I'm still rolling pretty decent. It's so, 24 for athletics. He just kind of yeah. pull vaults. 14. That's good. That's <laughs> get over. I think yeah. anything over 10 for a 5-footer yep. is good. Yep. yep. Anything over 10. The skeleton even makes it. <laughs> you see the skeleton. Skeletor runs. But Skeletor's just walking very stiffly and it like slowly begins to do squats and then after one <laughs> squat it jumps and lands. Really <laughs> stiff. Very stiff skeleton. So as you guys jump over the hole you enter the next rectangular room. It looks just like the, the room you just came out of. On the far end to the northwest of the room there is another door that leads into another room. However, in this room, go ahead and make me... Uh, actually, what are your p- passive uh, perception checks? 14. 17. Is it passive? Yes, it's the very bottom. Um, oh, shit. 14. Okay. I would I assume mine is... I, I don't even know. That's a thing? How do you do that? It's just 10 plus your... Um, wisdom? Wisdom. 12. Okay, it's 12. All right. So... You all see around this room, there are several more tables, more vines all around the walls again, and there is a wooden chest to the southern portion of the room. And on the tables, you see a little bit more random items scattered about. Ooh. (laughs) He base rubs his hands together and begins to walk towards it. The chest or the tables? The chest. Okay. You sure you don't want my unseen servant to open it? It could no. be it could be a trap. No. When I experience treasure, I experience all of it. The feel, you will. the smell. Open up the chest, see what's up. Okay, so when you open the, the chest, you notice there is a short sword inside of it. Alright, I take the short sword out, put it on the ground. Okay. Averis looks over at the short uh, sword. Let's me take a look at that. Sure, I hand it over. All right. Ah, draconic scriptures all over the sword, as well as that great axe that we saw in the last room. It seems to be that the sword has some magical attributes to it. Hmm. Something my father won't care for. You may have it if you if you wish. And she's. 
hands it back to base. All right. I guess uh, I'm walking over to the table, not touching anything, because it's dirty. Yeah, wooden, old wooden tables. Yeah, he just looks at... So on top of those tables, he he finds 15 gold scattered, Mm -hmm. and he also finds an old, rusted, ancient relic goblet. The unseen setter picks up the goblet and holds it up to uh, Lagona's face so I can can inspect it to my leisure. Mm -hmm. The ancient goblets, it's extremely old. It's obviously from ancient times. Should I roll a history on it? You well, can. I have high history, man. Alright. That's high as fuck. Um, 24. 24? Mm-hmm. As you, or as Lagoneth inspects the goblet, he, he notices some of the, like, engravings on the goblet. He's, he's noticed, he's not exactly sure what, uh, or where the goblet was created or came from, but he does notice and he sees that their engravings in it are similar to that of an elf and the the elves. Okay, so I can read it if there's uh, any engravings. On there's it. no there's no scriptures, oh, okay. but the design is very elf like. But you're not you're not sure though. It's it's a design you've never seen before, but compared to humans and other races, the designs would resemble more of something. That would be from the elfish um, territories. Huh. Perhaps Sir Archibald would like this for his collection. Avarius looks over. Ah, uh, yes. That is something he might care to have. Hold on to it for now. Um, my unseen servant puts it into my pack. I don't touch it. Okay. Like it. All right. And there's other tables as well. I'm seeing you guys search that as well. Already dirty. Yeah, so the other table... The, the table that the Unseen Servant just grabbed the goblet off of, there was also 15 gold scattered about. The other table in the room, though, does have rubies scattered about. Ten of them, to be precise. Unseen Servant picks up the rubies, leaves the gold, though. This is, My one, table? This is the grid's table. Oh, okay, I thought yeah. so. <laughs> does anyone else notice from there? I mean, yeah, if they... You got there first. Yeah. If you're trying to slide of hand the rubies, then make a slide of hand. Hey, young lady, y'all want, like, does your daddy want some, uh, rubies? She looks over at the rubies. Useless. Keep them. Hey, let me have a few of those. You can have this sword. I hand you the short sword. I figured you'd be more handy with it. You want this gold as well? Of course. <laughs> Unseen servant goes and hands you some gold. How much do you want, son? I don't know. Just like two. Alright, I'll take the uh, rest. He takes one and you the rest, I guess. So you get he seven. Keeps one ruby. Okay. Thanks. So seven rubies to the Warforge. Um, Are you gonna how use long this? has it been since we got to this part from right here? Where it's we only been a couple minutes. Yeah. So he's going to use his last level one spell for another identify them. So, so the, 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 short the short sword? Yeah. So as you identify the short sword, it is a frozen short sword so the bearer may choose to deal cold damage with this weapon and gain plus one bonus to damage so instead of normal damage like 
instead of a short sword's piercing. So instead of normal piercing, you can do piercing cold damage with a plus one to damage. Okay. Yeah. But if I do just regular damage without the gold, it's not the plus one at all. It still gets the plus one regardless. Okay. So other than that, is a door leading into another room. How about I open this one? You're correct. I I, I should leave I it to you. I think that was a crash. <laughs> you. <laughs> yes. I was attempting humor. He opens the door, and he peers in. Okay. Make me a perception check. Okay. Mm, not my best. That was a seven. Uh, seven plus seven, 14. Okay. As he peeks into the room, you notice that this next room is much larger than the rectangular rooms that you were just in. Oh. It's all made out of stone. In the center of the room, though, there is a large chest. Next to that chest, there is a wooden, or I should say it's not wooden, it's a stoned chair, like a, like a throne of some sort. Very simple throne. Nothing is on the throne. Nothing is near the chest. And that's in the center of the room. And leading up to that chair or that throne in the chest, there are probably about five steps. Mm. And all around that room, you also notice there's some armor just scattered about. But you also notice some unfortunate bodies lying around. Well, you can't really tell anything really on the body. You can't see what's on the bodies. You can't tell if they're alive. You just see bodies lying there from where you're at anyways. Well, it looks like inside of this room there's some more treasure for those of you who are about that. There are quite a few dead, though. I'm going to check on them and see what exactly took their life. He looks at the bar, look on it does, mm -hmm. and Sorry. asks him a question. Um, you've traveled the world, haven't you? Well, mostly. You wouldn't happen to uh, come across a, a particular tabaxi, a fur ball, I mean, <clears throat> just a tabaxi. Oh, one of the cat people, right? Yes, I'm looking for a particular one. Okay. Uh, fairly huge, more bigger than a tabaxi should be. Have you come across such a creature? Come across many big tabaxi in my shows. You need to be more specific. He's just huge. What color is his fur? Ah, I guess he's white, black stripes. His hands are black too, right? I have no idea. I can't look at something so far beneath me. <clears throat> I mean, such a thing like that. Oh, really? Well, probably. That's I wouldn't be able to tell you much, because I don't know as much. Yeah, you just asking questions, man. It's out. Of, it's out of, out of the ordinary. So. So I roll a perception or intent for that. I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> taking it as idle chatter. Well, probably, probably. Where are the tabaxi from usually? I don't know. Some place where tabaxi's are from. No, no, no. I'm asking. Anyway. <laughs> this is a different world. Oh. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Where would the tabaxi be usually? Hmm? Where would tabaxi live or be? No, they're all over. They're all. So over they're just seriously. okay, just like humans. Yeah. Just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're not as common as humans, but I mean, well, you can find them. Like I didn't say that. <laughs> Sorry for the random question. 
Lord well, Butterfriend was is more concerned. Lord Butterfriend. More concerned about this a particular. I've heard of him, but this Tabaxi, I've, I've probably run into him three or four times. Uh, there aren't very many with white and black fur, and I do see one specific one. Always oh, seems to be in a tavern trying to drink milk when I'm playing a show. That sounds like him. Yeah. He has a certain accent to him. I, I remember this guy. We shall speak after we are done here. Mm, okay. <laughs> so as you enter this large square-like room, I have drawn very, uh, several X's along the map. The X's represent the bodies that I mentioned that were lying around. And the little cloud-like images I've drawn on the map, those represent like the the uh, pieces of armor just scattered about, lying in the room. So what do you all do? It's a pretty dark room too, but there's a few cracks in the ceiling that sh that have some of the sunlight gleaming through, but not enough to really spot uh, anything. Luckily, I have 120 dark vision, so yeah. I can see the whole entire. And, the, room. and this room is massive. The the ruins seem to, or at least the ceiling of this particular room seems to stretch up, and it goes probably about 40 feet high. I don't like how dark it is in here. Despite, I, I can actually have dark vision too, since I'm a high up. Wait. You have 60. Yeah. Oh, I have 60? Yep. yep. I don't want you to do anything dumb. I was going to use my dancing lights. Yeah, don't do anything dumb, alright? Dancing lights! Wait, wait, wait. I just want to light up the area. Y'all haven't been very out much, have you? Of course I've been out. I've, I've stepped out on the grass. I've seen peasants at their work. What do you mean? Look here, buddy. Look around you. What, what do y'all say? Dead bodies. See, he gets it. Now, this room's dark, right? So I... And yeah. this, this do the door was closed, right? I suppose it was, yes. And you consider yourself a, a, an intelligent man, correct? At <laughs> 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 this point, Casserman is just kind of <laughs> chuckling. You have an attitude about you. You do what you want. He crosses his arms and looks away from him. <laughs> Thank you, hurt his feelings, his royal feelings. Cass well. Let, let, let me put it to you in easy terms for you, buddy. Whatever killed them bodies is still in this room. I figured that. I want to find him. It, yeah, but as soon as you cast some light, it's going to see where the light's coming from. As if you can't hear this conversation or something? Y'all also got a point. Castaway is just kind of kneeling down. He's, he's gotten a good laugh out of all of this, and he's looking at one of the dead bodies that are down on the ground. Um, I'm going to make a medicine check to see what okay. happened to him. All right. Uh, I rolled like crap. Uh, I got a nine. He had an ouch in his chest. Mm -hmm. So you go up to the closest ouch body. Cavity area, I think. You're already ne right next to you. You kneel down. Castaway looks at the body. Looks like it was a dwarf. Seems fairly fresh. You're not sure, though, based off what you rolled, how old it might be. Not nearly as old as the skeletal remains outside with the ogres. Mm. But when you look into this dwarf's rotting body, you do see, like, there's, like, a chunk missing from his neck. Oh. 
I'm not quite sure what killed them all, but they've definitely got a snack to go on. Its throat's been ripped out. Disgusting. Very. That's not horrible. But they're not going to do anything in here but just stink up the place. Sorry for those mm. of you who can smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, the clothing that the dwarf has looks like they're like peasants' clothing. Nothing, mm. nothing too fancy. Eyes still in his head, eyes open or eyes closed? Eyes are closed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he won't close its eyes. He'll yeah. just go. He rolls him a little bit just to kind of lift up and see if there's anything underneath them. Um, Nothing. Okay, he Nothing. lays him back down. Well, I don't know what's happened to them all, but it's disgusting, right? A virus. You seem to be a big fan of touching dead bodies. <laughs> are you going to step forward? It's well? natural. Uh, we all get there eventually, right? Yeah, I suppose. A virus is looking just around. Take a little bit longer. Yeah. She's going to kneel down. Seen a few go my way, but. Uh, and she. Cast a spell. It's been a couple hundred. And the fallen dwarf slowly sits up. And it slowly stands. And she looks around. Another one to add to the party, right? I would keep your eyes open. I don't like this room. Can y'all make it talk? What? Can y'all make it talk? Avi, is it? She, she shakes her head. Or the zombie. This one will be named Charles. So they have skin and they get names. Interesting, I suppose. We got a party city back here. Halloween costumes. Oh, look at this going. Hey, y'all, y'all got them hands that float, right? Can y'all, can y'all grab that uh, armor over there? What's Why are you so scared to go get it? Zombie. That's the skeleton. Unseen servant, do what he says. Damn. Alright. Unseen servant goes and this, picks up the armor. Equipment is getting picked up. Okay. So, he's, it's he's like a big. large breastplate. He just, it picks it up and brings it to you? No, he holds it in front of a grid. So he's going to do it. Like it's Resident like Evil Like a survival type check to see what kind of like scarring he nope. has. Okay. 14. So the armor that's lying there, it's, it's, a, it's a plated armor, uh, medium-sized. Um, nothing really crazy about it. It's just a normal-sized breastplate. It has some claw markings on it, something large clawed into it. Can I do some sort of animal check? Would that still be under survival? Yeah, you could do survival, see what kind of claw marks. Oh, that's good. Nat 20. Nat 20. You look into the claw marks of the breastplate, and you notice just the way they're shaped. They're, they were definitely from large talon-like claws. Not something that a medium-sized animal could have done to it. The claw marks are so massive that whatever hit this armor, it was of a large type of claw. But other than that, you can't. You I mean you don't know what caused it, other than they're large claws, and it the looks like the three large like markings. Grid's looking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as he's saying, like thinking this. He's slowly slipping back towards the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, Grid, uh, did you find something wrong with that breastplate? Yeah, I did. Um, where are you going? 
Oh, me? No, I'm not going nowhere. They seem to be backing away. <laughs> Is there a problem? Is Ultimus... Listen, I think you should just tell us what's going on. Damn. Uh, pers- uh, persuasion. 18 plus 5. Fire. Um, well, it seems like a large creature with, like, pretty big claws. Got okay. pretty good. You saw, you see these marks? Yeah, I do. It's pretty big. Like, bigger than Franklin here. Oh. Sir, put that down. <laughs> so, I'm gonna go ahead. Let's go ahead and roll a new initiative. Oh. So, let's go ahead and do that real quick. Trash. Oh, I am almost last. Alright, so. I got a two. Eight. Nine. Wow. Oh. Five. Oh. oh no. You might want to take that luck roll now. I don't know about that. Because everybody else has got trash too, so. It's just all about the pegging for you. As you guys are rummaging about the room, you, you notice that chest has been untouched. You hear a screech. It's not a loud like piercing screech. It's a very low screech at the moment. <laughs> Coming from above. Oh god. And as you hear it, a large creature drops from the ceiling. It drops down into the center of the room onto the throne. As it drops, it has large wings scatter along its back and it slowly floats down and it sits onto the throne. Its large claws grab onto the sides as it scratches against the stone. It leans forward and it begins to speak in a language that none of you probably know unless you know Abyssal. Hell no. Hmm. I have a a spell. Oh man. Speak the crazy talk. It also has tele- telepathy, so it can speak through through your minds that as well. That means we understand it. Yep. Yeah. So it begins to screech slowly, and it and it says, out to all of you, you have entered my domain. Here to take my treasure. You have killed my ogres and goblins, disturbed my home. No one has made it this far. Your lives will be forfeit. I shall devour your very flesh and souls. Prepare to die like the heathens you are. Well, now, wait now. Can we talk about this a little, a little bit? excessive. Yeah, I thought so too. As it's sitting there on the throne, its claws clenched onto the sides. As you guys look up upon this large creature... It looks like a large, massive humanoid bird. And it has a beak and demonic looking eyes staring down over you. Your flesh shall taste wonderful after my claws have ripped them from limb. Kill them all. And it slowly leans back into its chair and it just cackles at you. And it's gonna make nothing. Nothing happens. Damn. It sits there and it's thrown, staring at you. 
It does nothing for its first round. So what do you all do? Ladonis looks up at him. Your ogres and your goblins attack us. This is self-defense. You are on my territory. These are my ruins and my treasure. I've grown fond of devouring the townsfolk of the nearby town. Even the adventurers that come in here, all dead. I don't leave one survivor because they just taste so good. You do mm. a terrible job of eating your food. Well, I play around with it. Well. And for you, elf, I think I'll enjoy your blood first. Wait, what's wrong here? Talking to the little guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm afraid we'll have to put you down. Prepare yourself. Can, can I make a suggestion? Y'all are like eating the townspeople, right? I'm going to eat you next. <laughs> well, hell. It's a creature none of you have seen before. Just put it that way. All right, so it is first. It's skipping its turn. It's Lagona's turn. Um, he just... Draws his rapier and walks forward. All right. Uh, maybe ten feet. Just steps forward. All right. Is that all he does? Oh yeah. Okay. You know, I just find this all very hilarious. And then he kind of takes a couple of feathers from the actual creature itself off the ground and uses them. He's gonna call. He's gonna cast Tasha's hideous laughter. So, um, the creature of your choice that can see within the range perceives everything as hilariously funny and falls into fits of laughter if the spell affects it. The target must succeed a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand for a duration. The duration is up to one minute. Um, a creature with the intelligence score of four or less is not affected at all. At the end of each of its turns, and each time it takes damage, the target can make another wisdom saving throw to get up out of the status. Yeah. Within that time frame. Okay. So he has to make a wisdom check or a wisdom throw. Okay. That's fine. You're also garbage. <laughs> so he's going to, I can put a D8 against that. <laughs> oh, he's trying to make it happen. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to use my uh, cutting words to make sure that I roll against it. Okay. Five, whatever you rolled, minus five. The bird-like creature, which is known as a vrock, begins to cackle out loudly. <laughs> All right, so it, it is now uh, Avaris's turn. She is gonna take a step back, and she shoots up at the vrock. She shoots a firebolt, and it just misses passes him. She rolled way too low to even hit. Alright. So it is now Grid's turn. Well, y'all not gonna eat me. Ten. Miss. No wonder he's laughing. (laughs) 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 He's losing it. Alright. Stay put. What's Franklin doing? He's staying put. Alright. It is now the Wolf Forge, Castaway's turn. Oh. Demons are quite my thing. 
Um, he kind of takes his, uh, a ten-foot step that way. Mm. Well, work with what you know. And he whips out another uh, uh, thorn whip at him, trying to hit him with that. Okay. Fourteen plus seven is Two. a what? Twenty-one. Yeah, that will hit. All right, and this is piercing damage. Okay. So two thorn whip. So five points of piercing. Okay. Five points of piercing damage. Gotcha. So the whip goes and it smacks against the rock's chest, and he's Which still laughing. He, he gets a chance to save now. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but. Yeah, you can roll a wisdom thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how much damage was that? Uh, it is 2d6, 5 damage. Okay. And I immediately, because it's not a regardless of strength check, I pull him 10 feet closer. Okay. He's still cackling. Ha, 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 ha. Ah! Your souls will be ripped from your very bodies once I'm through with you. Alright, so what he has to beat 15. Mm-hmm. So he's able to beat it. So he breaks out of the laughter and he looks over at the drow. You think you're funny? Very well. Kill them all. And the armor that uh, Grid was. Who was looking over the armor that you held up? I was. was. What'd you do with it? Laid it on the ground. Alright, so the armor that you placed down on the ground begins to shake and move. And it slams against your legs. What's your AC? 16. Okay. So I think I'm going to miss there. The armor floats, and it tried to slam up against you. And you also spot there's other armor that, on the ground that begins to move about. The Vrock looks over. <sighs> I'm coming for you. You think you're funny. <laughs> and it flaps its wings, and it flies over everyone. And it comes down at base. And it swings one of its talons down at him. You're mine, Drill. You're not safe from me. Hey, I'm calm down. <laughs> What's your AC? Uh, 16. Okay, 16. So it sweeps down with its claws or its talons. And it misses. However, it has multi-attack. And it's allowed to attack with its beak as well. Oof. 19. That will hit. Its beat comes down and it hits you for 2d6 damage. So for 9 damage plus 3, it's 12 damage. Its beat grabs onto your shoulder and it rips part of your armor out. Okay. Ouch! Alright. This guy's a dick! <laughs> and then it turns and looks around and it holds his head back as it's about to do something. It is now uh, Robert's turn. Oh, he looks and sees what happened to uh, the drow. Not so fast. He uh, takes his rapier, and you see lightning crackling. Takes my booming blade. So, let's go roll that. It's a magical rapier. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 17. That'll hit. All right. That's what I like for here. Let's see. 28. <laughs> One damage plus. 
the fire. One more damage. Okay. Two plus uh, 1d8, 2d8 lightning. So nine. Nine more. Okay. Oh, and I get an extra attack since I'm fifth level. Yes. So I pull the rapier out, stab him again. Okay. That's an X. Yeah, 14 more damage. Okay. You pierce the rock's scaly hide with your rapier, mm-hmm. and you see the fire goes off. He looks over at Lagunathar, and he stares at you. You'll be next, boy. All right. It is Base's turn. Um, Base is going to back up five-foot range, just a little bit just to get away from him. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily disengage, though. Yeah. Um... I heard flying types are weak against electricity. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hit him with shatter. Um, I'm going to roll this to be the much more powerful version, which is the level 3 version. I would be able to throw 48 on this one. Okay. And it's in a 10-foot radius. I forgot, does he just have a saving throw, or do you have to hit him with it? You have to hit him. Okay. Uh, No, no, saving throw. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, You'll take half. Yeah. If you want, if you if he gets hit. Yeah. If you save, you take half as much. He's gonna take half. He's gonna take half. You gonna take half? Yeah. Luck. Reroll. <laughs> He's got a fifteen, so he made it. Damn. Isn't that straight? Still takes damage. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna throw forty-eight. And this is lightning. Yeah. So he'll take half damage from your spell. So whatever you roll in half. Or if he tries to move, he takes my lightning damage. Oh! Eight, six is 14. Uh, 18. Seven, 17, so, yeah. half of 18. Nine. So, nine. So, you see lightning slams against the rock, and you see the lightning kind of just scatter along his body. It hurts him, but it doesn't do as much damage as you originally would have thought. Mm. So, he just took half of that, which was eight. So, eight damage. Make me a perception check. All right. 16 plus 5. Uh, 21. Okay. Actually, use that and make... Actually, make me... You can keep that die. Okay. 16. 16. Instead of the perception, make me do an investigation on the rock that you just hit. Uh, If it was 16, that would be my intelligence mod. This This is an 18 then. Okay. So you see the lightning hit him. As it hits him, it scatters along his body. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the lightning just doesn't hurt him very well. So he so it disperses he, it well. So yeah, it disperses it very well. So he took the half damage since he made the deck save. But you also notice he just looks like it didn't affect yeah, him. Yeah, he all. takes he takes half of that half. Damn. Yeah. Interesting. That sucks. Yep. Ugh. So he took four damage. So I just kind of rub my chin. So something about that. Something about yeah. that was off. Yep. Okay. You just don't know what. It is uh, Varys's turn. She turns around and she points at the animated armor that attacked Grid. Her skeleton takes a five foot step and it slashes down at the armor to see if it hits. And as the skeleton slashes with that goblin scimitar, the scimitar just bounces off the armor. It doesn't really hurt it. Didn't roll high enough. The zombie, on the other hand, turns around and it moves next to Lagonith and 
castaway. You see that dwarf zombie comes and steps between you two, and it goes tries to slam up against the rock, and it hits. I see you. It hits. So ah, you were a striker in your day. Yes. So the zombie was a one d six plus one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two damage. So you see the zombie goes and hits it for two damage, but it only does one. The rock just looks at the zombie. Alright. A virus though. She will take a step back against the wall and she's gonna shoot. Uh actually a stronger spell this time around. Ooh, okay. Never mind. Oh no. Her spell, she tries to cast level 2 spell, Scorching Ray, but it fizzes out. She isn't able to do it. Your ability to raise the dead slightly better than your ability to cast. <laughs> yes. So it is now Grid's turn. Um, he's going to roll a quick perception check to see if uh, the rock is wearing any metal pieces. Uh, 23. You don't see any metal on. Okay, well, he's going to use his bonus action as a, uh, to use his branding smite, which adds 2d6 radiant damage if I hit, and he's going to take out his magic battle axe with a 15 to hit. 15 will hit. Eight radiant damage and ten, thirteen splashing. Okay. And then since I'm level five, I get another hit. Eleven. No. The rock smacks your axe away. All right. And Cast it, away. Cannot go. Oh, I'm sorry, Franklin. Oh yeah, Franklin. Mm-hmm. He's gonna bite at the magic armor. Okay. Thirteen. It does nothing. A little turtle mouth. <laughs> he bites on the armor, but it, he doesn't do any damage to it. Castaway is going to kind of move over here. Uh, he's a big one. I'm going to make some space. Uh, when he does, though, he's going to cast a higher point of magic as well. He points at the Brock. Okay. I... I don't know much about your kind, but once we have you down on the ground and dead, we'll figure you out. <laughs> um, and you see he does this kind of movement of his fingers back and forth, up and down, and then flicks out his fingers. And as they string forward, black tendrils spring from his fingertips mm-hmm. and go straight towards the eyes of the Brock. I needed to make me a constitution save. You got beat. Uh, I think you beat it actually. Okay. Yeah. So you're able to save against it. Okay. All right. That's uh, it. That was his. He moved All into right. his magic. It is now the Vrock's turn. The Vrock slowly looks around at everyone and it rears its head back and it screeches loudly. It's called a stunning screech. You can do it once per day. The Vrock emits a horrific screech. Each creature within 20 feet of it can hear it. And it isn't a that isn't a D 
Demon must succeed on a DC 14 constitution saving throw or be stunned until the end of the Vrock's next turn. Am I just out of range? You have to be within 20 feet. He's like right on top of me, so. You're out of it. DC 14 constitution. Yep. That did not make it. So this would be... This would be Lagoneth, Grid, and Base. So the saving throw is which? 14 con saving throw. Remember, you get a plus one to it. Yeah. Jack of all trades. <clears throat> Both Grid and Frank um, are still stunned. I'm out. So Lagoneth and Grid both hear this screech ringing through their ears. They're stunned until the end of the Vrock's next turn. And that's a bonus action for him. He goes and he looks at Lagoneth. He swings at you. Because you are stunned, mm -hmm. he basically gets an advantage on you. Damn. Pretty sure that's how stunned works. It's not instant hit. Mm -mm. It's yeah. not. It's, it's an I advantage. Think, yeah. Wait, don't. My reaction will go off, right? Not when you're stunned. Oh, shit. Never mind. He has to move for that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the booming? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's too His, his claw comes in, and he slashes Lagoneth's side, and he's dealing 14 damage. Yeah, you have advantage on any attack you make against him. And hmm? you have advantage on any attack you make yeah. against him. Yeah, that's what I 13 uh, thunder damage or whatever. Like, okay, so he takes that. Set 14? Mm -hmm. No, uh, yeah, 14 damage. And then he reaches down... And he rips one into your shoulder with his beaks, doing 10 damage. And then the armor next to Grid slams up against him to try and hit him. Has a advantage since you're stunned. So the 15 will hit. Grid, you are taking 1d6 plus 2. 7 damage. And the other armors that are now floating begin to move towards you all. Armor comes behind Castaway and it swings at him. It misses. And that's it for the monsters. It is now Lagona's turn, but he is considered stunned for this round. Yep. Ah. Alright. Base's turn. I take a sliver of glass out of my backpack and uh, I just kind of hold it up in the air. Um... Basically, what happens after this is I fill the air with a bunch of spinning daggers and a cube of five foot um, on each side. I'm going to use this as a level three. So what's the save for this cloud of daggers? So um, it says that the save is going to be the 15, but it's constitution based. Wait one second, actually. I don't even think there's actually a save because it's an area of effect. Yeah, there's no save. Uh -uh. He just eats it because he's there. Okay. And if he stays there for the next turn, he takes it again. Okay. It stays there for a minute. Yeah, one minute. Okay. So how much damage was it? Uh, six, ten, and then sixteen. Brock howls out. All right. It is now. Brock will. I'm gonna put Bardic Inspiration on on him. Who? Robert. Robert. Or As a bonus action. Lagonath. Yeah. Lagoneth? Lago. Okay. Um, as a bonus action, and um, when when his turn starts, he takes the damage all over again. I'll have to roll it again. Okay. 
All right. Averis' uh, turn. Her skeleton swings at that armor yet again. Try and hurt it. So it does nothing. Anything. That's the zombie attack. swings or his arm at Vivrock, so and it hits. If it hits you, you can fuck it. For seven damage. Well, hey. against it. Well, it's technically half. Hey, yeah, I don't care, man. <laughs> that dwarf zombie is putting that work in. The dwarf just slams its fist against the back of Vivrock, trying to grab its wing. Virus, however, is going to step here, and she's going to cast... Jane's going to cast shit to the Vrock. She's not able to do anything yet against the Vrock. It is now Grid's turn. Gridoxia. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're stunned. Castaway's turn. It needs to make me a con save. Oh, natural 20. Okay. Grid just kind of turns around. You mean Castaway? Oh, gosh. I don't know why I call myself Grid. Uh... Castaway turns around and looks at the animated armor. Well, you know, I looked kind of like you at one point. I've changed. And then he kind of opens up to his fungal spores again. Okay. Uh, so when he does that, it will take some damage for being that close to me. You need to make a con save for me. The armor? Yes. Unless okay. it's immune to necrotic. So not it's armor. Not armor. 14. So it'll take one. All right, it's the Brock's turn. He's going to take that damage. Yeah, your D4s before I do anything with him. He's not happy. Mm-mm. Another 15 in his mouth. Okay. Brock looks over, and its wings grow, and he flaps them out. He flies up. He hey, goes, where are you going? He lands, and he slashes at base. Upset that the... He casted that spell out. Catching that word. The talons, or the beak comes and it misses. The talons, however, do strike you. And you're going to take 14 damage. The talons rip along base's side, Ouch. ripping any armor he may have. I'm assuming it's leather of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Hey, I just had that polished. Oh. <laughs> The armor moves along and swipes at the zombie dwarf, and it hits the zombie dwarf for five damage. Other armor alongside of the warforge swings. Nineteen's what you're trying to hit, and it misses. You're able to block him. The other armor, though, standing in front of Gridoxia, he's gonna slams. have Franklin do a uh, defensive stance and has a disadvantage now. Okay. So he's going to miss, regardless. That was all three armors. All right, it is now Lagonath. You're not stunned any longer. Oh, you'll pay for that. He looks at the Vrock, and he had this uh, spell prepped for quite a while. Magic Missile. And fires it off. Okay. I believe it's an all hit. It will all hit. So I think okay. you have three Magic Missiles, I okay. think, at level five. Got it. Done. Three damage. Three damage. Okay. Instant hit, though. Yep. Four. Seven. You see the magic missile slam into the rock. It screeches out. And looks over at Lagonath. All right. Base's turn. Oh, uh... <sighs> you bastard. 
He's he's clutching his chest where his arm yeah. is slashed. You dick. <laughs> I just had this treated. I'm just gonna stab him with my rapier. Um, okay. See how that goes. All right. Um. Well, here. I add that plus four twenty-two. Okay. Oh, shoot. 24 will hit. Okay. Um, it's uh, plus four. Okay. Okay. 1d8 plus four. Six plus four, ten. Ten, ten. damage. Right. Is it a magical rapier? No. So your rapier, you stab the rock, but it doesn't really hurt it all that much, but it still takes damage. All right. Varus's turn. The zombie turns around. It's going to smack at the armor. Does nothing. It's a hot noodle. Party Skeletons man. attacking. Yeah. Nothing. The yeah. skeleton the zombie don't do anything to the animated armors. Okay. Is this activating? Hmm? That's activating? Yeah. Okay, it does take 1d4 uh, necrotic damage. It needs okay. to make me a constitution save. It no. fails, yeah. so 1d4. Uh, it takes 3 necrotic. Okay. A virus. She's going to try and cast. Last level 2. Oh, and it's a critical. She oh. shoots. Oh. Scorching Ray at the rock. So Scorching Ray, so she gets three rays, and she has to roll for each ray. So one's a crit. Yep. So the first two hit. So Scorching Ray, it does 2d6 fire damage to the rock. The first one's a crit, though, so 2d6 is 46. That's six. So six is 12. Plus eight, so twenty damage to the rock. Fire damage. Its wings begin to burn into f into flames, and it's still up, and it screeches out even more in pain. And as the wings begin to burn, you all can notice. Uh, I'll just say this is your passive perception. You all notice spore-like things begin to form all over its body. Oh all right. This have to do with you. Grid's turn. He turns around towards the, the rock and starts chopping at it with his battle axe again. Get him! Nice. He needs a 23. And. 9 damage. Splashing. Franklin. Go bite with the armor again. Nothing. 11. Doesn't hit the armor. Now it's Castaway's turn. Okay. I will need you all to remove yourselves from my direct interaction. And as he just kind of does that, the spores that are in his body begin to kind of vibrate almost, and it releases this thunderous gout of energy. Uh, it's going to hit him. It's going to also hit her skeleton, but it's also going to hit that too. Um, I'm doing thunder wave. Okay. So when I do thunder wave on a failed save, a creature... Uh, Creatures within the 15-foot cube or originating from you must uh, make a constitution saving throw. So okay. DC so 15. So two armors and a virus's skeleton. So the two armors made it. Okay. Skeleton failed it. <laughs> so the skeleton fails, but the other ones don't. I'm casting it at a third level. So I'm dealing 4d8s. Okay. Um, so with this damage, you'll cut that in half. Okay. Uh, that's neat. That's three. 
6. So 10, 8 and 3 is 21, so 21 points of thundering damage. In addition, unsecured objects that are completely within the area of effect are automatically pushed 10 feet away from you by the spell's effect, and the spell emits a thunderous boom audible to 300 feet. But I don't think there's anything else to do. The armor take massive damage, but the skeleton just explodes. Skeletor flies all in several pieces, and the Averis looks over at you like, Really? <laughs> really? Well, that was Skeletor! It was. <laughs> this isn't going well. Rock. Its spores on its body begin to move about, and it does a thing called spores. A 15-foot radius cloud of toxic spores extends out from the rock. The spores spread around corners. Each creature in that area must succeed on a DC 15, or 14 constitution saving throw or become poisoned. So make me constitution saving throw of 14. Am I in range? I'm good. Okay. I made it. Am 14 exactly. Yes. Yeah, I rolled a 10. Okay. I have a plus one and I got a plus three. So. I missed it. So if you failed your constitution saving throw, you take poison damage of 1d10. Five damage. Lagona takes five poison damage. So at the start of each of its turns, okay, so you, you don't take that yet. At the start of your turn, you take it. So you are now poisoned. The Vrock slashes at base with its talons. And that How was... disgusting. Roll a, roll a d8. <laughs> Minus that. Okay. So it's got a 11. All right. How many times can you do that? Uh, four times a day. Okay. Just want to make sure. Um, yep. Four times a day. Okay. So, that's 11 to hit, so that will miss. And then its beak comes down and slashes at you, or bites at you, for 17. Yeah, it hits. Okay. That one will hit. And that only does 2d6 plus 3. Six damage. Slams against the zombie. It does... Yeah, they're just slapping each other. Seven damage to the zombie. All right, this armor turns around. Yeah, okay. And swings at you. Yeah. It fails. Okay. So what's the damage? Four. Three damage. Okay. That's slowly chipping away at that armor. Plus 19. four is sixteen. So it misses. Other armor though on Redoxia. Misses too. Lagonus just looks at the armor to his left and uh, five foot steps over there and activates his green flame blade. So green flame just dances around his uh, rapier as he slashes. Let's make it happen. That's a plus. Yeah, I made 18. Okay. So right, your so damage. That is 1d8 plus 7 flame damage. 15 green flame yeah, damage. Well, green flame is the one that bounces to another target, right? Yeah, if it's like five feet. But yeah, so there. there's no other target, so it doesn't. You don't do the green flame damage. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, then let me just do my regular damage. Yeah, mm -hmm. just do your regular damage. Uh, 1d8 plus seven. 14 plus my fire, and I'm gonna use my bonus action. Action. Uh, not action, sir, but uh, my second win. Okay. Cause I want some HP back, damn it. <laughs> That will be a plus five. Okay, so you regain five HP. No, oh. I regain eleven. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's now base's turn. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna um, use Blade Ward. Okay. 
Basically, it just gives him a disadvantage for the next roll. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me uh, do another thing. I'm just going to uh, cast Vicious Mockery. I'm just going to insult him. Okay. You look like a shriveled old nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me roll it. That one. He has advantage or yeah, twice on. Oh. Oh. So he fails. Okay. So what's it do again? Able to cast magic I know. <laughs> so what's it do again? 1d4. He does kind of look like a nutsack. 1d4 of damage. Okay. 1. I'll take it. It's at a disadvantage next turn. Okay. To attack wall. Alright. Zombie swings at armor. Oh! It still misses. Damn. Cast Firebolt. That will hit that armor. And she does 13. That armor bursts into flames and it crumbles Damn, down. Damn, with a big bang yep. attack. So that's her turn. And it is now Grid's turn. 18 to hit. 11 damage there. And then second. Ooh. Oh, no, no. And then Franklin's going to bite. Come on, Franklin. Hey. 20. Four damage, piercing. <laughs> okay. The rock screeches and it crumbles to the ground. Ah! Your turtle fucking Your turtle killed, killed it? Fucking Frank. Damn. <laughs> I did one damage, man. <laughs> <laughs> the rock screams out. We were that close? <sighs> I can barely even speak as the turtle grabs. The turtle viciously assaults. Franklin, you eat see. him! <laughs> Franklin, get him! The rock dies and it just doesn't even get a word out. Franklin jumps up, bites the rock's neck, and it rips out its throat just like it did to the dwarf. You just How hear its victory poetic. practice. Ah. <laughs> How poetic. So Castaway is going to his whip attack against okay. the animated armor. Uh, that is a 12 plus 7, so a 19. Okay, that hits. Uh, yeah. And it takes seven damage plus an additional six, so eight points of damage. You do damage to it quite a quite a bit of damage. It begins to dent the armor. Cool. Also, cool, cool. oh, I need you. I'm sorry, you're still yep. poisoned, my friend. Uh, Lagonith, you are taking one d10, five damage of poison. Oh. Yeah. So uh, at your next turn, you can try and make a saving throw to stop it. This armor. Swing the zombie. One damage. Dude, they're just noodle fighting, man. Zombie in the armor. Just <laughs> the other swings at Castaway and hits. That actually hits me. You take three damage. <laughs> Lagona. You tried. It Your turn. take damage, though. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. It takes four more. Okay. Necrotic. I grow tired of seeing these dead things battle. He rushes towards uh, the armor and stabs at it. I just want you to know, as you rush towards the armor, you're running past the cloud of daggers. Yeah, you oh, want to not you don't want to step into that. that. I forgot that was there. <laughs> Fuck that. Ooh, <laughs> he goes stays there, yeah, it's there for six rounds. Hey, he goes go. around. He goes around it. He stabs at it. Of course, with Booming Blade, because he does nothing without magic. Ooh, that is a crit. All right. That's the first damage. Thirty-six damage. Yep, yeah. and that's just my first attack. I hope you hitting them again. The armor crumbles okay. and it it <laughs> falls Jesus. apart. So there's only 
one armor floating around left. It is now Base's turn. Uh, Base is going to walk up to the nearest armor. It's this one, right? Mm-mm. This one? Mine, right here. Yes, furthest yeah. away. I wouldn't get too close. Can't turn off the spores that easy. Oh, gross. Well, uh, best thing about magic is I don't have to be too close. True. <laughs> All right. I uh, put my hand up into the sky with that iron rod and cast Shatter on it. Cool. Since it's metal, <laughs> it takes a disadvantage. Alright. Yeah, it's gonna get yeah. blasted. Gets blasted. So two, I think it's 3d8. Mm-hmm. Seven. Eight. It's dead. Eight. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> I, I did it. Ian. So the armor just explodes into several small pieces. Everything seems to fit into place today. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. Very good. I need to see the Brock, actually. Excuse me. And you just see he's immediately scraping the back of it, trying to get spores into a butt. Yeah. I'm, I'm bowing as if, as if I did the performance after he said thank you. Oh, it was great. Yeah. While you are all digging around, Averis walks forward and she's good. looking around. And she okay. goes up to the chest and she has her zombie just smack it open. He's good Charlie. at smacking stuff. Yeah, the dwarf Charlie just opens it, smacking the chest open. And she reaches down and she grabs what was inside the chest. And it's a small, like, pendant amulet. I my greater portion. And she looks around. This is what we were looking for, I think. And she just pockets it. The rest is yours. Do it as you please. You I'm surprised none of you died in that battle. Very well done, the four of you. You see Lagoon, she's chugging a potion already. <laughs> he just finished. Much better. Can we get out of here now? No. This is my throne now. I'm throwing it back. Sitting down, ready. So, well, as you see the throne, you're looking around. There are a few treasure chests all along the back walls. Don't need me make me a perception check. Sure. All right. Mm, I got a 13. 19. 19? Yeah. Okay. Oh, 10. Perception? If you got 15 or higher, you notice. Oh, yeah. Gradoxia and base notice at the very northeastern corner of the room, there is... Looks like there's a little slab on the floor that looks somewhat ill-shifted. It's It's... As if you could pick it up. Stone like it's slab. Like it's just higher it's, than it's the It's not rest. even. Yeah, it's a little higher than the rest of the stone floor. Is it like heavy? Like, nah, it's a stone slab. It's, yeah, it's a slab. So you can pick it up. Okay. Yeah. You can pick it up if you try. Not too heavy. Now what do we got here? As you move the slab to the side, you see there's a secret staircase that goes down into the ruins. Mm. And there's also another chest behind the throne if you open it my adventure knee is itching but we've got what we came for well if you all want to go you can but there's so much more for me to dabble with here at the very least the chest is going to get opened and i'm going to be going down the stairs you're going down the stairs Mm -hmm. okay so before let's open that chest really quick Mm -hmm. so in that chest there is another item it is a Armor, actually, plate armor in the chest. I don't have any. And it has the same draconic-like scripture on it as the axe and the sword did. Plate mail. 
Yeah. And also, Averis does a sleight of hand also. I meant to do this. So if you all want to look, you don't have to. Okay, I got a one. She failed. We all see. She's like... So in the chest, I meant to mention this. In the chest that she pulled the amulet out, she also pulls out a dagger. That's what I was trying to say. She pockets the dagger. I don't care. Um, miss, I believe as your father said, anything besides the amulet was ours. How about you allow me to look at that dagger before you just go ahead and put it in your clutch? She holds the dagger out towards the Warforge. She goes, yes, you're right. My, my father did say anything that he didn't care for would be yours. However, I care about this dagger. It is now mine. She has a point. I could care less about the dagger. There's nothing you would be able to do with it anyway. It fits my needs far more than your spore, Warforged. Damn. And as you see that, he places his hand down onto one of the dead bodies on the ground, and it raises up, covered in spores. Well, if it helps with anything along necromancy, I fancy it. So I would like to see it. However, you're not. It is mine. Is this something you wish to really have? You will have to fight me for it, Warforge. Leave it to someone like you. He's so judgy. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. So what is it going to be, Warforge? Hey there, Castaway. Leave it alone. (laughs) I can make you something better in the future. Mrs. Future. I like that just fine. You can keep your dagger until I raise you up and you give it to me of your own volition. We'll see about that, Warforge. Come, little clicker. Let's go. Let's go. I say that's a job well done. Can we return this thing? Averis looks over at Base and Lagoneth. Well... We've got what we've come for. It looks like the townsfolk are all dead. So there's no saving them. I guess we can tell the Y'all family sure members. You didn't go down here yet. I'm not going down there. I've retrieved what I've come for. If there was a Vrock here in this room, who else knows what could be down below? I'm not here to explore these damned ruins. I'm here for the amulet, and I've gotten it. And I've got a nice little dagger for myself. That's all I care for. So I'm out of here. If you want your 8,000, you might want to come back with us. Or you can keep being the mighty explorers that you are and delve deeper into the ruins. However, you're not going to get any help from me. Nor I. He starts making his way towards the exit. I don't know if I need too much help from you. (laughs) Uh, He just takes his quarterstaff and goes, Well, no sense in us going off and getting lost in ruins without Slightly trustworthy friends to fall before us. Hey, I heard that. <laughs> ah, you're all right. Uh, he turns around and he starts walking towards the doorway. Is base leaving too? Agreeing <laughs> to leave? Would you run in two D10s or something right now? 50-50? Yeah, it's going to be 50-50. Yeah. 51 okay. and above, he goes downstairs. I, I just don't see a point. Yeah. 16%. 16, yep. 
Yeah, he just turns around and follows you guys. I mean, all it is is more dusty ruins, right? So who knows what's down below? Yeah, I mean, it ain't <laughs> eight thousand gold. Here. So, that's what it. That's what that's what slow jams knows. Castaway does use a thing, uh, a particular ability called uh, Druid Craft. Um, he is going to create um, some. Basically, he's putting something over top of that loose piece, so when you reset it, um, so as it grows, it kind of looks like fungus kind of grew over top of it. Never know when we might be back. Oh, I got something to talk about. If there's a rock in here, what's under there? Bugs. Worms. Avirus just shakes her head and begins to walk out. Something if there was a demon like. such as a rock here on this floor... I'd hate to think what's below. I agree with that. Plus, it's not Could worth 8,000 gold in my life. I have to try So let's go. Yeah. What are you doing? He touches the little uh, stone, whatever it is. Locks it. And locks it with an arcane lock. Okay. All right. So you're all leaving? Mm -hmm. All right. So yes. you're able to leave the ruins. As you leave, though, you get a sense that the townsfolk that gone missing, if they were to come to the ruins, probably did not survive. When you opened the, or removed the slab, you didn't hear anything down below, and it was pure darkness. So you don't know what could have been down there, but more than not, chances are the missing people have been either eaten by the rock or slaughtered by the ogres outside. So as you guys leave the ruins, you're able to make it back to Sir Archibald, Day, Dark Moors, Mansion. Long rest. Right yeah, here. everyone's fully healed, right. long rested. But before you guys leave, uh, as you enter the, or get back to the entrance of the ruins, y'all spot, she does out in the open. She leans down, and the goblins and the ogres, mm -hmm. she takes the dagger, and you see her just stab one of the ogres. The one that didn't have its chest blown out. Yeah. The other ogre that was still pretty much intact body-wise. What it died last? She stabs it with the dagger she found, and she begins to chuckle a bit to herself, and it begins to raise, and the ogre, undead, begins to follow her as you guys head back to Wolf Pine. Damn. Brick pets her back. That's fine. If anything, I don't, just don't like that kind of necromancy. She looks at the wolf, which why not? What's the difference? What's the difference between me raising the dead? Their bodies are useless. Their souls have moved on. Mm. All things belong to the order. You're making it avoid that. Mine's not even risen dead. It's just fungus inhabiting its shell. In a few more hours, it'll return back to where it belongs, helping out nature. Oh, well... My undead creatures will be helping me out. And that's all I care about. And she's living. Enjoy. <laughs> there is not much difference between your spore creatures and my zombies. This was an ogre. It meant nothing. He did die. Use him as you see fit, then. Not my control. Very well. I will. And she just ignores... Castaway and continues back to Wolf Pine. However, before you guys get to Wolf Pine, though, you do see that she sends the undead ogre off into a nearby forest before entering Wolf Pine. Interesting. As you guys return to Sir Archibald's mansion, 
Archibald is there. He invites you to his lobby again. He's standing there in his golden silked looking robes with a red striped uh, attached to it. Pristine. Very pristine. Again, he's a human male. He's standing there and he has his hair slicked back and his guards are standing there. Ah! And before you enter, he has his servants clean all of you off. As yeah. you have mud and dirt all over your boots. Be careful where you wipe. So as you all step into the lobby, he goes, Ah, have you found the amulet? And Avira steps up. She holds it out. Yes, father, it is right here. She steps forward and gives him the amulet he takes in his hand. Ah, yes. Very, very good. This is what I was looking for. And all four of you survived. I am astounded. As promised, I will have 8,000 gold sent your way. And whatever treasures you found, you may keep. Any questions? Not at all. Who's paying me? I will have one of my men delivered to you as you exit the building. Also, did you find any of the townsfolk? Sure did. How, was, do, how were they doing? Were they alive or dead? They were eaten by a demon. A demon, you say? Oh. None survived, as far as we can tell. What kind of demon? A vrock. Ugly as hell. Oh, bird-like fiends. Hmm. Not too surprised with one sitting around those ruins. I'm surprised none of you are dead, actually. It came close. You guys are actually... Very surprising. Perhaps I shall have you all do another venture for me in the future. If you ever survive such a thing as a rock. Very well. I will have the gold at the entrance for you. I have what I want. We are done here. Now, you may be off. Oh, actually, one more thing. Virus, here please. And did you find any other treasures by any chance? And she just shakes her head. Mm, nothing that would be of use to you, father. I allowed them to keep what you don't think, I didn't think you would really care for. He has a, she points at Gradaxia. He took a short sword and a battle axe. And the... Uh, the plate mail. Or plate mail, and plate mail. I have an elven, uh, elven goblet, ancient. Yes. He mentions that as well. And the uh, Archibald goes, oh, wait... I am interested in the goblets. I don't care about their weapons. Can I see the goblets, sir, Volpine? I always have an unseen servant, so he takes it out of my pack for me as I'm standing there. And he, he walks his right over to him. Archibald looks down at the goblet. Mmm, interesting. Very interesting. Not too bad. I shall take this off your hands, Volpine. It, you shall add it to your collection, then. Ah, uh, thank you very much. God, take this goblet. And the guard just takes it in hand and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And he walks in the back of it. Very well. Now I'm done with you. Unless you have any other questions for me. Not at all. He started making his way towards the exit. Same. Okay. Grid actually would have been the, one of the first ones to leave. Yeah, okay. Bases is on his way out. All right. Perusing yeah. as usual. All Castaway right. just kind of... Uh, yeah, my feet... I don't want to wipe them anymore, so uh, enjoy.
So Have as fun you, with your new dagger, girl. So she she just ignores the war forge and she's looking at her dagger. <laughs> but as you guys are walking away, Archibald looks down at the amulet and he kind of inspects it. Looks down at it. He, he sees it is surrounded by a golden trimming. Mm-hmm. Has some scratch marks on it, kind of beat up. And he just goes, Ugh. It was damaged. Was it like this before, Averis? And she goes, Yes, father. That's how it was in the treasure chest. And he goes, I want it in pristine condition. This is terrible. Terrible. I was hoping it would be in a much better shape than this. You know I don't like damaged goods. And she just lowers her head. Ah, forgive me, father. There's nothing we could have done about it. And you just hear him backhand her. I hate damaged goods. And she just kind of just takes the slap with the, as if she was used to it. Mm. And he just goes, out of here, daughter, out of here. And he t- takes the Emily, walks away. And as you guys reach the entrance, the guard there is there with the 8,000 gold for the, each of you. Gentlemen, he holds out a bag to base, holds out a bag to Volpine. The servant takes it. Holds out a bag to uh, the Warforge Castaway. Holds out a bag to Gradaxia. And the guard goes, that's a lot of gold. I'd uh, probably make sure that no one spots you carrying that around town. Might be a few thieves around. Once you leave the premises, I can't guarantee your safety. You know, that's a lot of gold. Uh, I know how you y'all operate. Yeah. Your servants, by the way, Sir Volpine. They're at the tavern in the town. You can find them. One of our guards are watching over them. I shall collect them. Thank you. The master or the lord has shown interest in your group. He may call you again for another dungeon delve if you would like to earn more money. And if he pays like this, <laughs> why should I say no? I learned uh, quite a bit about the Lord. Lord Darkmoor is a fair man. Mm. He's given you the gold as promised. And you've gotten to keep the treasure, I'm assuming, that you found, so... Yes. I'm so lucky. Amen of his word, that Sir Archibald. Very well. Off with y'all. Take care. Until next time, you'll hear from Sir Archibald Darkmore if he has further use of you and your skills, if you'd like to make more coin. Goodbye. Lagoji starts heading towards the tavern to go collect his... Um, I start heading servant. towards the tavern myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not. Bunch. Okay. Uh, Castorway actually begins to trudge down the way that ogre went. Okay. Into the forest. Okay. What does Gridaxia do? Grid is going to a forge. Okay. There's a local forge in town. All right. So we'll end this session there. And that will be the first side story to Taverns and Caverns. Thanks, everybody. Oh, yeah. All right. My pleasure. All right. Take care.